It's Free Talk Live. It's talk radio that you control. 603-283-6160 is the phone number for you to call. That's 603-283-6160. If you have anything you want to bring up with us, um, it doesn't have to be on topic. You can bring up whatever's on your mind. Um, And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Jay Noon. And Elspeth. And tonight, the first story I want to get into is about President Zelensky. I'm usually not really that interested in what's going on over there. It's just like a bunch of stuff you can't possibly know what's going on for real if you're not there. And I just like, I don't really have that much mental energy for a bunch of negative crap like, oh, they bombed another hospital or something like that. But this is interesting to me for a specific reason. Elizabeth, if I tell you what's the reason that Joe Biden says we have to give money to Ukraine, what pops into your head? Why does he say we have to be on Ukraine's side? I instantly start thinking the opposite of what he's saying. Okay, well, yeah, but you're smarter. Typically, that their their ex- uh, excuse is, oh, well, they're fighting for democracy. Oh, yeah. They're, they're defending themselves, and they're pro-freedom, and we can't let Russia, an anti-freedom, anti-democracy state, win this war. Democracy's evil. Yeah. and Democracy is mob rule. I agree with that, definitely. Well, I mean, it's this definition of it. Yeah, it That's why I know. always get, like, so annoyed whenever I see, like, on TikTok, uh, like, Democratic... Uh, it's mostly democratic, like uh, political talkers. They're always like, we have to protect democracy. And that's yep. why they we have to put everybody in jail who stormed January 6th, you know, all the way back then. When mm-hmm. a politician says a term like that. So it's either one of two things is going on with that particular politician. Either they are ignorant and they don't understand that democracy is basically the footsteps of socialism, which is the footsteps to, co- uh, you know, communism. Democracy is mob rule. Democracy is where 51 percent can rule 49 percent and so so democracy is not freedom but democracy is like a soft communism a soft socialism and it's it's a footstep to it and everybody's been sort of brainwashed into believing that democracy democracy is some righteous thing and you know the example of you know uh of forcing enforcing doc democracy with a barrel of a gun is what basically the united states has been doing our entire lives. I'm the oldest one here. It's been going on my entire life. You know, oh, we're over in Iraq because uh, we're going to enforce democracy. We're over in Afghanistan to enforce democracy. We're over in, you know, in the 70s or in the 60s. What was it? Korea, you know, Vietnam, you know, in the 80s, it was Grenada and, you know, all these southern, all these countries in, you know, Central and South America and, you know, places in Europe, uh, places in Africa and just all over the place, just, you know, enforcing democracy. And the way I so when Biden says, oh, we need to give money to Ukraine is because Ukraine gave Biden a whole bunch of money and his son, you know, and his son, a whole bunch of money, you know, way back when it's because of Burisma. Burisma is a Ukraine energy company hmm. that uh, Hunter Biden was on the board of and he was getting paid like fifty thousand dollars a month to be on the board of this uh, energy firm. Whoa. If you bring up on 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 the Internet a video of Joe Biden uh the pedo in chief, I like to refer to him as. But if you bring up a, a, a video of him, he is bragging while on a hot mic, sitting on like a stage where he was doing some conference, and he was bragging about how he's like, "Well, I went over there to Ukraine, and I told you know this Ukrainian guy that if you don't get rid of the prosecutor who or stop the, the investigation into Burisma, and you get don't get rid of that para- prosecutor, I am going to withhold." The uh, we're going to withhold the 
financial aid, which was billions of dollars, you know, and, and this was like 2016 or 20, 2014 or something. It was when he was mm-hmm. VP, actually, whenever that was. I don't remember the exact date of it. So uh, he says, um, and then he goes on to say, well, they told me you're not the president of the United States and, um, you, you, and, uh, and, you know, you can't do that. And he goes, go ahead, call the president. And then he says, well, sure as S or something like that. Didn't they fire that prosecutor a few days later? Wow. And, he, and he's laughing about it. But this is these but that's guys, a long time to be talking on a hot mic and not notice it. This guy's like <laughs> such a freaking well, know, here's useless the th- screw up is the word I'm trying to say. Well, I mean, he's a lot of things. He's a career politician. Um, you know, there's there's a lot of dirt on him and his family because they're horrible, evil people. Uh, you can't be a politician for 50 years and still be a politician, uh, you know, without having you know, probably visiting Jeff Jeff, Jeffrey Epstein's Island or maybe going to one of his places, you know, like he's, he he had this ranch with the gut that was some kind of deal in New Mexico with the, with the governor at the time. Then he's got the place. So, you know, I'm sure there's dirt on Joe Biden. There's totally dirt on the Biden family. They are co-opted and controlled by the Chinese communist party. Um, and it's a big money laundering rock, uh, racket for all of Biden's friends, for all of Jeffrey Epstein's friends, sending all these, you know, uh, ammunition and, you know, money and bombs and, you know, tanks and all so kinds of stuff. So it can just stuff. end up in whatever other part of the yeah, world Yeah, so they it can end up to. in Palestine. It can end up in Israel. It can, you know, end up, you know, and, and as part of, you know, arming, you know, the next uh, enemy. So if you look at a current conflict, you know, anywhere, you know, like... You know, so like you have, um, for example, a whole bunch of in Afghanistan everywhere, there was a bunch of American, uh, they were fighting guys who had American munitions and those American munitions were, were previously had come from like the Iraq conflict. Mm-hmm. And then you'll see that, uh, and then every, everything that Iraq had was, you know, they were armed by the CIA and the U S and, you know, whoever, you know, to fight, fight Iran. against the United States. No, no, to oh. fight against Iran. Mm-hmm. And then, and then, and then they go in there and they blow that stuff up because these guys have to manufacture war in order to keep the war machine going. If it mm-hmm. wasn't for the U S government, we would have massive peace on, yeah. on the planet. If it wasn't for the international banking cartels, the, the Rothschilds, Rockefeller, you know, families, the Carnegie's, all these guys, the federal reserve, the European central bank, you know, all the people who go meet at Davos and Bilderberg, you know, if, if, if all these people didn't have any power or authority, we would have a very peaceful planet. And, and, and war is, is caused because of all this nonsense. But the bottom line is the Bidens have been bought a long time ago by the powers, you know, within Ukraine, by Ukrainian oil companies. They've been given mil- hundreds, uh, uh, millions of dollars by Chinese, uh, uh, you know, um, Communist Party, essentially. Anything comes out of China, you know, this, this sort of comes out of the government or it's connected to the government. So, yeah, that's what we got going on here. And Zelensky's just a puppet. I mean, the way that clown talks is so fake. You ever hear hear his talk? He's an actor. And even the way he moves around when he talks, he's looking like he's like, okay, now I'm playing my part of a tough guy. This is how I would look if I was a tough guy. That's what I always get from him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, yeah, yeah. He's a clown, um, and and he's just an actor. And all these guys are actors. All these politicians are pretty much actors. And they are, um, you know... And and the thing that anybody who is like buying this narrative is just an NPC, mm-hmm. a non-player character. They're just they're just brainwashed. Actually, what they are is algorithmic slaves. Today's modern, and there's a lot of older folks too. I'm noticing that, like, because you guys know how I talk about like how the internet is like, you know, when it's when it's being, you know, when a kid when a when a 
an under six year old kid is on the internet, he's his brain's being wired to to basically take orders and controls from the internet, from yeah, the algorithm. Yeah. He's becoming an algorithmic slave. This is happening with a lot of older people too. That you know, we're adults before there was even an internet. You got a lot of people in their sixties and their seventies are just buying the narrative from the TV. Yeah, the TV and also just like Facebook seems to get a lot of old people. Like any job I've had where I worked with older people, I can just and I, and when I used to have a Facebook, but I deleted mine in twenty twenty. I would just know what their opinions would be on any current issue because I'd already have seen it on Facebook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and what it is, it, when you say older people, it's not all the older people. So because it, it's the people who are like these, um, you know, who got nothing better to do. They're just sitting around doing nothing. Maybe they're like a retired parasite class government employee, for example. Or they, And parasite class doesn't only include government, also control. In, you know, if you worked in finance, if you've worked in real estate, I mean, these are, you know, mm. insurance, these are all parasite industries. I mean, and why is that? Why is it? Because they're all propped up by the fact that the Federal Reserve preempts money out of thin air. Hmm. Um, I would call the medical industry a parasite industry because it's uh, like, for example, like a friend of mine just had a heart, heart operation. Mm-hmm. It was like a $500,000 bill. Yeah. And the reason it's like a $500,000 bill is because you have these... You know, government authorized, prefer government approved contractors who sell all of supplies to these hospitals at like literally a ten to one hundred x market time. You know, greater than market. You know, price. This is why you have ninety six dollar aspirin. This is why you have hundred thousand dollar hospital beds that are like eight thousand dollars if you just go buy it as a private individual. This is why you have, you know, the little things on on every sink in the hospital and is like uh, laminated. And it, and it says, oh, you must wash your hands for 20 yeah. seconds and use hot water and scrub mm-hmm. under the fingernails and use antibacterial soap and blah, 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 all this stuff, which is all right, cool. And if you look at like in Concord Hospital, it says Striker Industries on the yeah, bottom. Yeah, I think I've seen Striker Industries on like toilets. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yep. Striker Industries on toilets. They're a major provider to like industrial, uh, I'm sorry, institutional supplies for mm. hospitals, prisons, and schools. Okay. And they, because, uh, so I believe the woman's name is Barbara Striker who was the son of a, I think it was a Massachusetts federal senator or possible congressman, some kind of politician from Massachusetts, who like originally started the Striker Industries. Hmm. And so Striker Industries, like they have these little like literally laminated pieces of paper. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I'm just going to throw this guesstimate out there because it's crazy. But the hospital probably pays like 35 to like $100 a piece for each one of those. Oh, my God. You know, they buy like... Like when we had the baby in the hospital, in the hospital, they charged us something like, like sixty four dollars for this little pack of like eight infant diapers. Hmm. You know, just because um, they know or, you have to take it, that's so evil. Well, we didn't even take it; we left it there. Mm, nice. You know, we didn't use it. We didn't take it. We're not. You know, we're like we're not putting those diapers on. You know, we brought our own diapers. You know, we're not using mm. you know their crap. Yeah. And um, so yeah, and even like you know the, the just but even I forget what they gave my wife some kind of like pill mm-hmm. well, I, I don't remember what it was for or even about nikki would probably know but um i remember it was like it was it was 27 dollars, and i'm just like i'm gonna internet search this thing and and it, and it like shows up on like walmart.com you can buy like a a 50 count bottle for you know three dollars or, or, or four dollars this but it was like 27 dollars a piece mm-hmm. you know on this bill An absolute so, racket. so so this is the continue so this is the same thing with the military industrial complex who's the contractor that gets to buy a hammer from home depot for six dollars and sell it to the federal government for 50 grand um, right? whichever contractor they approve right right, right. so it's like Halliburton, kbr 
you know, Kellogg, Brown, and Root uh, was KBR. You know, Cargill. I don't know if Cargill's one, but you know, they're all just like government gives these guys tons of money. You know, this is the military. You know, this is Boeing. This is Striker Industries. You know, and 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 the like. That does make them parasites too. Yeah, yeah. So, so, so they're all parasites. So the reason that real estate is a parasite, you know, the real estate and like Mark Warden, he's a great guy. He's a fabulous guy. You know, I don't want to, you know, for example, you know, lob him into this parasite thing. Uh, And he does like a lot of right things, and he's a real estate agent. But when it comes to like, you know, so when it comes to like real estate, you have these huge nationwide real estate firms. Hmm. Uh, that are, are 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 tied in with the banks. They're all heavily regulated. Same thing with medical. Medical is so heavily le- regulated. To be a nurse, you have to get a license from the state. Mm-hmm. If you, Bonnie, went and did activities that a nurse does in a consensual contract with, say, me, um, and uh, you know, you could possibly be, you know, threatened with violence from armed thugs. You know, that carrying, uh, you know, badges and toting badges and clipboards and weapons of, uh, you know, torture and death. Yep. And so, so like, if you're going to have a baby, like, you know, and Nikki knows about this, there's just like no way to do it outside the system. It's a v- really hard, especially if you have a situation where like the baby's like breached yep. or something's going on and you need like a C-section. There's no way to go get a C-section in the United States of America you know, without using this parasitic system, going to one of these hospitals that's going to charge you like forty grand, fifty grand for the C-section, uh, because you know they can. It, it, it it's all a fraud. Uh, when it comes to um, real estate, for example, real estate you know cycles are are controlled by the regulations of the government. So you you can only build this many houses. You have to have all these permits. You have to have all this stuff. Just uh, artificial interest interest rates on it, loans and stuff yeah, like that. And, and that's a whole other thing. So mm-hmm. when 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 there is uh when when the Federal Reserve is this private entity, it's not part of the government. It's no more federal than Federal Express. And in fact, the Federal Reserve is not federal and it holds no reserves. Is mm-hmm. you know, but just like you said opposite of whatever they say yeah so when the federal reserve uh you know brings interest rates way down like interest rates should be whatever the market value is so if so i think that's somewhere between like 18 and 25 or 30 percent market value of interest rates because how much money how much return on in return would you want on your money if it was yours to not have it for 30 years or to not have it for 10 years so what happens is they create money out of nothing, so they charge a three percent interest rates, and then it, 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 which is artificially dumping all kinds of money into the um, uh, into the economy, and then that makes all the property values skyrocket. This is why, you know, like you know, it, it the average house is like half a million dollars, let's say now, and you know, yeah, ten years ago it was like, like a hundred thousand dollars. It's like four hundred thousand dollars now, and it used to be like one hundred fifty, like ten years yep. ago or twenty and, years ago. And then in the eighties, you know, when interest rates were uh, like, um, for example, my dad bought a house, uh, for $19,000 in 1984. Nice. And he put, uh, and he paid for it cash money, $19,000. How big was the house? And it that, was, did it include land? uh, it, well, so it was a house in town. So it was on like a quarter acre. It had, um, you know, like a dining room, a living room, it had one, two, like, bedrooms that you know would probably be like a you know like 12 by 16 downstairs maybe the other one was like 16 by 16 then it had two really big bedrooms upstairs that were like 18 foot by like 22 feet they were pretty big well the big one was like 18 by like 24 and a small one was like 18 by like maybe 18 that's you know was our my bedroom when i was a little kid you know six years old my dad bought that house 
But the interest rate at when he bought that house was like 22%. Uh, but he, but you know, a lot of people and like, and today they got people, you know, are buying or even past few years, people have been buying houses at like 3% interest, but even that house right now, um, and, and my, my stepmom still owns that house and, oh, wow. you know, somebody rents it and, uh, but but she's even been getting offered like two hundred and fifty three hundred thousand dollars for this house. Wow! Uh, from um, you know these you know companies, and you know she she's not interested in selling it. Um, in fact, uh, she, you know she might move back into it someday, maybe you know redo it. But uh, it's just uh, and, and you know it's a nice house in a decent neighborhood. It's not in a city. It was kind of in you know a, a rural suburb area, Palmer, Mass, hmm. and. Uh, but th- what happens is they just create money out of thin air, driving the interest rate, and and it, and it increases the property values, makes the taxes go up, and it puts a whole lot of strain on everybody. You know, when all of your if, if you're living in a house and you're a little old lady and you're on a fixed income, and all your uh, all all the houses in the neighborhood, you know, double in price, triple in price, quadruple in price, uh, you have um situations where there are people alive today, uh. Well, my grandmother uh, might have been one of these examples, but uh, there are definitely people alive today that are paying property tax bills, an annual property tax is like more or double or triple what they actually paid for the house 30, 40, 50 years ago. Oh, my wow. God. Just the property that's taxes. Crazy. That makes sense. I mean, that's, I mean no, that's the reality of it. It doesn't make sense, but I, I believe that that would happen. Well, um, I don't remember how we got talking about the parasite class exactly, but Zelensky definitely is one of those, uh, is in that class of parasites. He's just, you know, lining his pockets while saying whatever his handlers tell him to say. Um, so we're going to get into this story I have about Zelensky showing his t- true tyrant colors. But before then, I want to get into your phone calls and thoughts. We have Dave Ridley, I believe, on the line. Yes. What's on your mind, Dave? Uh, so it looks like uh, there's going to be a challenge to New Hampshire's uh, a challenge to electronic voting machines okay. nice. uh, in, in the New Hampshire Supreme Court uh, on November 29th. Actually, I thought we had paper ballots, but for some reason, maybe they're maybe they're just trying to stop it from well, coming here or something, is it something the, like that. Is it the electronic voting counter, maybe? Right. So there is paper ballots. So on Henniker and Bradford and Warner, which is kind of like the, the, the those three towns like vote for the same state reps. They're all a district, right? Right. Uh, then, in fact, uh, there's been um, uh, there's been uh, uh, things going around for people petition for people to sign to uh, get rid of the uh, uh, voting machines in Bradford and in um, Warner, uh, because what they do is you, they fill out a paper ballot and then it goes through the machine. Yeah. Now, when I went uh, to, to to the voting place to the polls last a couple years, whenever it was, um, the uh, I'm like, oh, that thing's got a printout on it. I go, can it print me out who I just voted for? And the guy's like looking at me like, no, it can't. I'm like, why not? That's a flaw. That would yeah. be a receipt. And also these voting machines have proprietary software that you uh, that we can't view. Yep. Even Congress can't view it. The state legislature can't view it. And what does that mean by propri- proprietary software? Like uh, Google's algorithm would be pr- proprietary. It belongs to them. Like the, yeah. You have to like know their codes and everything to get into it to view and audit it instead of it being free right. and open source software wow, where somebody crazy. can look at the code. Anyone who knows how to do that stuff can look at it and see, oh, it's doing what it says it's supposed to do. So Yeah, these things can totally manipulate the election, and there's no evidence that they cannot manipulate the votes. A Democrat state rep also pushed through legislation about seven years ago to... Um, 
make it so you're you're forbidden from taking a picture of your own ballot. Hmm. Yeah, I well, do I that anyways. anyways. That, that, yeah. be, that became law. That became law. Of course, everyone started doing it because it was illegal. I <laughs> seriously didn't even doing know. It anyway. That's funny. So there's a lot of elite. There's a lot of ballot selfie disobedience in New Hampshire. That's uh, it first. Pretty funny. I didn't know it was illegal, but um, yeah, I I figured that's probably what they're talking about. Dave is is the electronic machine that counts your vote because it's the same way here in Keene. I've only voted once, and I didn't vote this previous time because I only voted for Ian. I'm pretty sure that's the only person I voted for. Maybe there's like someone else, like Bob Call or something. Um, and what it is is it's a paper ballot, but then you, like he said, put it in a little thing that scans it, and it's like, okay, I counted your vote, but like he said, it doesn't pop up at anything that says what you put in or anything like that. You don't even know if it just made some mistake. Yeah, for there's no know, way to verify it all. Yeah, for all you know, it just accidentally thought you voted for the person next to you, and you could be like, oh, wait a second, that's wrong. No, you, you don't get anything like that. Just you get a sticker that says, I voted. <laughs> yeah, I agree with banning the voting machines because, well, for multiple reasons. But if we're using voting machines, and we're use, you know, at the very least, it has to be open source preferably blockchain-type technology, uh, which the system is very afraid of because it's not who casts the votes that decides who gets elected. It's who counts the votes that decides who gets elected. And there is no way to verify that these counts are accurate by these machines. There was a big debacle back in 2008 with Ron Paul here in New Hampshire. I was here a lot for that. I was living in Mass at the time. And um, they... uh, you know, I, I was a, a I watched an electric election in Hillsborough, New Hampshire, not, not Hillsborough, Hinsdale, and they didn't have voting machines. They counted them, which hmm. so that was it. But Keene had voting machines, and like Ron Paul's campaign for liberty, you know, had some you know lawsuits happen here in New Hampshire, and RNC's like, well, we're not subject to any of that stuff. We're just a you know private you know nonprofit, blah blah blah. It was like all dismissed and whatnot. Well, if you have more to say, Dave, you can hold on. I'm just going to put you on hold. And more coming up from on Free Talk Live, 603-283-6160. Don't go anywhere. You can call in with whatever's on your mind. This hour of Free Talk Live is brought to you by Dash Digital Cash. Dash is the cryptocurrency designed to be used for spending. In addition to being one of the world's first cryptocurrencies, Dash was the first crypto project to have a decentralized autonomous organization that to this day continues to improve and promote Dash. Every month, 10% of the mining rewards go into a treasury. Anyone with one Dash to spend can put forward a proposal to the Dash masternodes. The masternodes vet the proposals and decide which ones move forward and are funded by that treasury. Nowadays, DAOs are plentiful, but Dash paved the way by doing it first nearly a decade ago. Dash is one of the oldest cryptocurrencies and is widely available on exchanges, including the decentralized Maya Protocol and in multi-crypto wallets. It's easy to get and use Dash. Start by learning more at Dash.org. Thanks to the Dash DAO for sending us 32 Dash per month to promote Dash on the air. Visit Dash.org to learn about Dash. Dash Dash.org. It's talk radio that you control. And the number to get in on the conversation with us is 
603-283-6160. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie. Jay. And Elspeth. And we're going to go right back into your phone calls and thoughts. Dave Ridley of RidleyReport.com here in New Hampshire. You're still on the line. Um, what else did you have for us? I just needed to give the date and time. Uh, the the uh, New Hampshire is a New, it's a New Hampshire uh, challenge at the New Hampshire Supreme Court challenging electronic voting machines. Uh, I guess it's called Richards versus Sununu is the case. And uh, New Hampshire audit is uh, on Telegram is asking folks to show up at 9 a.m. on November 29th. Uh, it's in Concord, and I have placed. Uh, the details. If you want to know more, just go to forum.shiresociety.com and uh, look for the relevant post. It's forum.shiresociety.com. Now you can't Beautiful. forget the name. <laughs> so, is it going to be at the regular federal courthouse like the Ian was at in Concord? No, New Hampshire Supreme oh, Court. Yeah, that's that's in the Concord. I think I believe it's it's on. It's on Charles Doe Drive. I believe that's in the uh, you know the the complex, the the, the bureaucratic complex in, in to the east of the state house. But I'm not positive about that. Again, just go to just go to forum.shiresociety.com and see it all in writing. Well, thank you so much, uh, Dave. I think that it's a pretty worthy cause to get rid of voting machines. I mean, like, why not? Like, not that okay. You know, everybody who likes to just point out you're not a real anarchist is going to be like, oh, you believe in voting? It's not really that. But if voting is a thing that we are going to have to do, at the very least, it can be, you know, fair. Yeah. It can be actually voted or counted correctly. Not that they don't have other things up their sleeves, but it would make it a lot harder for them to hide votes or lie about who won. And, and at this point, they may not even need to cheat with the voting because the algorithm has programmed so many people to just do what they're told. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the meat that, you know, you could just say that the media, you know, uh, you know, hiding and covering up the Hunter Biden laptop story. Yep. Uh, very much swung the election. Yeah. You don't it, even have to get into like, they don't have to really steal votes, I don't believe. It's funny because there was a guy who went to prison in New York for making a meme that they said was, I don't remember what the meme exactly was, but they said it was spreading disinformation about Hillary Clinton during the Trump and Hillary Clinton election. And because of that, he was trying to sway the election. So he went to prison for that. Just a regular guy, not like a any kind of head of some meme company, like just a regular guy who made a meme. And he went yeah. to prison for that. For free speech. Yeah. And, right. And you have uh, these radical uh, leftists, let's call them, you know, algorithmic slaves burning cities. You know, they just had a riot last night uh, mm. where, um, you know, one, I guess one guy got arrested, but they're all in front of the DNC, a whole bunch of pro-Palestinian, you know, algorithmic slave wackos are, you know, screaming about, you know, uh, pa- you know, Palestine. And, uh, and it basically seems like what I could tell it is some kind of actual insurrection. A whole bunch of cops got injured and, mm. and, and no cops got injured during the uh, January 6th stuff. There was one cop who died. But he died from natural causes, and of course, the media just you know straight up lies and yeah. says that he was you know killed as you know part of a insurrection. And then the cops go and testify that they've never been more terrified in twenty years of service than January sixth for no I, discernible reason. I listened to a thing on my way in uh, that there was somebody was you know reported some Congress critter was that uh, saying that uh, it was scarier than than January sixth. 
and and it's a bunch of leftists that are uh, protesting the DNC. But at least the uh, leftists are fighting each other, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, you know, <laughs> if your enemy, you know, if, if the enemy of the people, you know, these, these uh, people who support the state are, you know, now fighting, uh, you know, the uh, other people who support the state, you know, then it just, you know, uh, it, that's good for those guys to just you know combat each other. As far as I'm concerned, because it's it it it'd be like having, you know, getting the local government people to start, you know you know uh basically combating each other and then they burn up all their energy and time just on each other and they're not affecting us you know, it's, it's kind of yeah. like the idea of you know make uh, when you go to court and you subpoena the cop to court that brought brought the charge against you now he's in court all day and he's not out harassing people and taking people's rights away and you know collecting taxes with his badge in the form of you know yeah. traffic ticket revenue even if you lose a traffic ticket it's always worth it because you Showed them that it's not going to be easy every single time to get money out of you if they pull you over on the road and you get them off the street for a while. Like in my ticket case for just a parking ticket, I had the lady, oh wait, she she wasn't um, on duty that day. If she was on duty, I would have like taken her off the street. But instead, I was costing the city $25 an hour to pay her to be there. So that was pretty good. That's Still all? Win. With yep. her pension and her benefits, it's more like $75 an hour. Oh, I bet, Yeah. <laughs> And it might have even been double time for all I know because she was off duty. But, um, oh, man, I felt like there was something else I had to say about what you were saying. And now I don't remember all of a sudden. But um, I guess we'll just get into this article here. It says, Ukraine, this is from the Wall Street Journal. I'm looking at it on archive.ph because they have a paywall. It says, Ukraine President Zelensky says time is not right for elections. I think it's kind of interesting that Jake, I mean, uh, Dave called in about um, the voting machines and um, it's all kind of the same subject. Basically, democracy is not actually that great. It's not this amazing idea that the Greeks saved humanity with or whatever. But if you're going to pretend it is and pretend that that's why Americans need to be sending tax dollars, billion, you know, 80 billion dollars at a time, it's way more than that in total to Ukraine for them to fight against Russia because, well, they believe in democracy and freedom, at least actually be a democratic state. Like, not that I want it to be. I'm just saying that's the very least they could do. But because it's a wartime, Zelensky is declaring it's not the right time for elections right now when elections normally would be happening right now because it's wartime. So he's calling for unity and I mean, the elections were fixed to get Zelensky in anyways. And, you know, the reality is that, you know, he was an installed guy by essentially that, yeah. the CIA. Yep. I always hear that. I, do, I don't really know the facts, you know, if maybe you do. Well, I, I don't know the facts off the top of my head, but somebody could dig, in, dig into it. But basically, he was installed. Mm -hmm. There was They were like, oh, we don't, you know, there was a whole bunch of, you know, hoopla about, you know, challenging, you know, that the, the elections were incorrect or wrong in Ukraine. I'm not I'm not a Ukraine history expert, you know, and I'm just, you know, this is stuff I just, you know, hear listening to, you know, non-mainstream media. Yeah. Uh because, you know, any media that's advertising for, you know, pharmaceutical companies is just, you know, should not be trusted whatsoever. Uh you know, they they have an agenda or or advertising for the military. And <clears throat> but like with uh 
Uh, and same thing with Iran. Before Iran became bad, there was a guy that was installed by the you know CIA. Uh, I believe um, Saddam Hussein was a CIA asset that basically was you know this is why the, the, the government's always putting the next enemy you know in charge. I mean, even you know Osama bin Laden was a CIA asset. You know, and uh, uh, I forget Oliver North in 1987 was going crazy, or 1997 was like going crazy about. Saddam Hussein being this CIA asset, uh, not Saddam Hussein. Um, yeah, Osama bin Laden. Osama bin Laden being a uh, you know CIA asset, and uh, and but yeah, they're always installing these dictators and or, and trying to oust the good people like Muammar Gaddafi. Like, there's a really good documentary you can find. I don't know if it's on YouTube, but uh, it's called The Great Rib- River, the Libya's Great River, and I, I believe it's Gaddafi's the guy's name, but it's Muammar Gaddafi like built this like massive like underground river and aqueduct system and they pumped um because and, and they pumped prime water at you know out, you know out of the ground and they were drilling for oil and they found something more valuable they mm. found prime water so like literally like uh, that country was able to provide all the irrigation uh and with their oil nobody paid for uh, electricity everybody had free electricity because of the oil profits they all got water an excellent water prime water and they were able to grow all kinds of stuff. It was it was considered like the breadbasket of the Middle East, from you know what I understand. But the Great River documentary is really good. It talks about Gaddafi. He was loved by his people, and he was killed by the Americans. But he was also trying to create a, an African gold-backed currency. Hmm. Uh, and and you know, so as we know, everybody who you know tries to mess with the money changers, whether it's our Ian Freeman or it's JFK, you know, they are attacked. Um, Jesus Christ. He flipped over the table of the money changers and they and, and, and they killed him over it. You know, it was basically what the Bible says. And uh, so like and, you know, and JFK, uh, he did an executive order to basically stop the Federal Reserve from, you know, uh, issuing money at an interest rate to the United States. Mm-hmm. And he also reinstated actual silver back currency. Uh, these, you know, the greenbacks, he brought them back from like, you know, the Civil War era. And um, so. You know, it's just another example of, you know, with all these guys trying to essentially messing with the money changers, trying to remove the power from the centralized power from the fruit, from the few get attacked all the time. Yep. Um, And I don't think that Zelensky's trying to do anything actually good for his people. He's always, you know, denying peace talks. He doesn't seem like he's like some kind of hero. It doesn't even seem like people really love him. Like you never hear people talking about how they love their president Zelensky. Just like cucky Americans on Twitter. Yeah. If anything. Cucky Americans, those are the only ones. And I and, <laughs> and are those cucky Americans even real Twitter profiles? Right. I always wonder the same <laughs> yeah, thing. Yeah, literally. It, it's so shocking when I hear somebody like vehemently pro Ukraine that I always wonder if they're even real. Yeah, like the, the, there are a handful of people around town that I see they got these like Ukraine flags and you start like looking at who these people are and they're like, you know, retired teachers. Hmm. You know, they're like the most brainwashed of brainwashed people. And actually a lot of the old school teachers can't stand this wokeism that's being taught in a school. In fact, I, just had a, I had a conversation with a lady the other day. She's been retired for five years as a New Hampshire school teacher and she's just disgusted. And that's actually she retired as soon as she could just mm-hmm. because um, it was just it's just the wokeism is so bad and all the things. And actually, she's actually kind of working on a thing to, you know, sort of expose this stuff and, and, and bring it to light. Um, and, you know, these uh, uh, the people who are all about the narrative, whether it be vaccines, mandates, 
Um, now the narrative, now the leftist brainwashed narrative is war, 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 war. And you got Trump uh, being interviewed f- by some media leftist and, and the, the, the lady interviewing him, her, him, I can't remember her name, but yeah. she, she's like, who should win? Who do you want to win the war? He's like, I don't want anyone to win the war. I don't care about winning the war. I want people to stop dying. Yeah. How many Ukrainian men have died? It's, it's like hundreds of thousands. Hmm. How many Russians have died? Like hundreds of thousands uh, f- from these numbers I hear. I don't, I don't really know what they are. And um, and those numbers could be wrong. I don't know, but it, you know, there, there, and and it's all being fueled by U.S. dollars. It's all being fueled by fractional reserve banking. And uh, I think the agenda is to essentially, especially with Israel Palestine thing, is to try to get people at making attacks in the U.S. attacking you know uh, U.S. politicians for allowing this stuff happen. I think that like. And, and and there's so many unhinged young people that have spent their entire life on the internet and they've been getting in Facebook fights and keyboard flame wars and they've never been punched or smacked in the face hmm. for doing, they've never had any accountability. Like when someone smacks you in the face, that stings, that's accountability. And as a kid, that makes a, when you get into a fist fight as like a seven-year-old with another seven-year-old and it hurts, it makes a neurological pathway in your brain that says, oh, you probably shouldn't do that because it's yeah. going to hurt. I talk, I talk about this all the time. I, I think that that's that the best type of people, I hate, I hate to be picking on only children, but I think only ch- children are just disadvantaged in this way. The best type of people there that don't just annoy you in conversation, they clearly have a strong sense of self and they're not immoral, so they are moral, are people who grew up with lots of siblings and figured all that crap out when they were literally three years old. Yeah. Like, oh, I can't just like run my mouth off and call my sister stupid because she'll hit me. Mm-hmm. And I already learned that when I was three years old instead of learning that maybe in middle school or never learning it at all if you're sheltered enough. Um, I, I always say this, like it just kind of puts you at a disadvantage if you don't have siblings because like your parents aren't really going to treat you the same way. They're not going to hit you if you call them stupid or whatever. Um, but even today in modern families... Like I was literally at a place the other day and I had three kids and they were all had their own own headsets on oh my gosh. and they all had tablets and the kids were like three and six. Two of them were twins. I don't remember who was a twin or not, but there was three kids, three year olds and six year olds. Two of them are twins and they were just like totally pacified, you know, not interacting with each other, eating dinner. All of them at the at at the dinner table while while their parents were interacting with us and and I, and I said to the guy I'm like do you know what you're doing your kid I actually sent him a um uh you know one of my slideshow presentations uh I, I haven't got any feedback yet on it but you know about how this is really bad and now and 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 they're like how they're did he uh, take that feedback really well that's good so he's so he's like a he's like a real good dude. Mm-hmm. And he he works online, um, and you know he 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 does a job. He does it online. His wife does a job. They do it online. They're like they're like good, like moral people. They mean well. And he and he was I, and he was like a little like he's a, probably the first guy that like does this stuff right. You know, that that lets his kids use devices that didn't get like upset with me for telling him that. Now mm. I've gotten better at presenting it. Mm. Uh, and, but he, he, but he understands facts and he understands logic and, 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 and he, I could tell that he was definitely more, con- he was definitely concerned about what I had to say. 
And then, um, like I said, I, I just, you know, I literally only talked to him for like three minutes about it. You know, it's not, not, you know, I can't explain much of it. Well, you planted uh, the seeds. And- planted yeah. the seeds. But even kids and, and siblings in their own families are so consumed with internets and devices that they're not even interacting with each other. So weird. This is like a thing. Uh, and so they're not fighting with each other. Uh, and, and, with, and, and the kids, um, and even like, like if like the little kid kids getting there, there's a story of uh, DCYF investigating a six year old here in New Hampshire. This was like two years ago because a six year old had a crush on a girl in school and would follow the girl around and kind of like giggle at her and smile at her and tell her she's pretty. He's a six year old boy. Yeah, first grade. And it's a six year old girl. And there was a DCYF on? investigation all all about it. There was a whole big to do. The guy's father is a his job is he's a he's a hunter and a trapper. So he mm. traps like coyotes and beavers, and he like either relocates them or puts them down or whatever. You know, coyotes are like a massive problem if you got sheep or chickens, mm. and uh, or just in general they they start getting close to kids and stuff. It's a problem. Coyotes will take yeah. little babies. They will take you know they will grab your three year old kid. Oh um, and, you know it's 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 happened, especially um, if they think they can get away with it, and if they're hungry. And a coyotes are they're smart. So uh, the kid's talking about going going with his dad, like, you know, and he's like, oh, yeah, a coyote's in a trap. My dad shot him. And uh, and like the kid's like, oh, yeah, I got a gun. I got a twenty two rifle. You know, oh, my gosh. <laughs> and and like all of this was like the social workers were like going crazy about this. <laughs> and they're like writing in their in their court documents that this is why we need to in, we need to take this kid. We need to interview him. This is why the kid needs to be out of the house. Wow. And it's like they're so unhinged and not in touch with reality because Every rural New New Hampshire family, uh, almost every six-year-old kid has their own rifle. <laughs> At least their you parents know? would allow them to use a rifle in front of them and stuff like that. And it should be up to them. And it's not like the kid was like, I accidentally shot my hand off or Yeah, something. it's not like the kid is sleeping at night with the gun in his bed, you know? <laughs> Probably not. And the, But the thing is, is... Like, it, it's just ridiculous all the way around. The people that are running a government are all these, you know, city urban liberal types mostly, especially the ones that are going to, you know, do these jobs like in social services and are going to work behind computers and, you know, things like that. So so they're all getting programmed from young to be that. They never And getting back to is the people who aren't getting into fights as kids, like actual fist fights and smacking each other around and learning respect from one another. Um, and th- these are kind of the ones that are going and doing the mass shootings at 20 mm. something years old because mm. because they can't handle the rejection mm, you know, they, they, they can't handle the um you know a lot of things you know by getting smacked around by your older brothers or your younger brothers i mean you just learn how to like you know deal with society and how to how to put up with things but if but if you never get like you know um uh your feelings hurt ever until you're like 23 yeah. Or 26 because now, you know, you, now your parents are like, well, I can't pay for college anymore because I don't get a, you know, I don't, you can't be on my health insurance. Yeah. So, you know, you know, you got to go pay your own $5,000 a month health insurance. And then they're like freak out and, you know, whatever, you know, the whole thing. But basically m- most people nowadays, a lot of people nowadays in the cities and stuff that are doing this whole, you know, academia thing have no responsibility until they're 26 years old. And so many people <laughs> will say this crap like, you're not really, um, your brain isn't done developing. You're not really an adult until you're like 25. And I think that's a huge problem for all of these things you're talking about is like the 
babification of people who are obviously adults. Like if you're 17 and you're working and you have the ability to leave your house, you should be able to just do that. But people will be like, you're just a child, especially these parasite types who would totally go work for like DCYF. They'd be like, we no, even thinking that you're able to leave your parents' house, like you need help. We need to put you in the foster system. Like that's how out of touch and crazy these people are. And I just think it's um, a huge issue is people acting like you're not an adult until your quote-unquote brain is done developing i don't even believe those uh numbers either like oh women's brains are done developing when they're 23 and men's when they're 25 like that doesn't make sense to me so there is some science that stand behind you like this complete brain development thing and there's like these the like like one of the things i like to like really push for like young people is like is like uh don't smoke weed Hmm. they're like uh well i'm 18 i'm like well your brain still has like and i so i actually, I actually used, have seen stuff about that so so there's basically i can't remember what it, uh what it's called um and i studied this like i don't know several years ago and i was in colorado when i was kind of into this because weed was legal in colorado and it'd be like these you know some of these guys are like 16 17 18 even 20 years old and they're just like chronically getting stoned like just all the time and and i'm like and and and, and what's happening with these guys especially kids is that like they're burnouts a lot mm-hmm. when, when when they get older so there's like a there's like these follicles or some kind of thing within the brain that is like uh not fully developed and there's something to do with like you know this especially chronic you know use of, of, of you know of, of anything yep. doesn't matter what it is i mean if you're someone it's a big difference between someone who's doing it all the time versus someone who's like maybe doing it once or twice a week mm-hmm. but I, I i you know advise especially like young people teenagers young 20s not to do you know like like cannabis at all and they're like and they're like you don't know what you're talking about and and uh and 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 the thing is is there is some brain development where i believe women is till 26 years old and men is to somewhere in 20 to 21 years old i've heard the opposite um, that or, women or maybe i got it backwards first but i also believe that there's further brain development that happens when you have children I heard you say that, and I really, I never Googled it or anything, but I really got to question it considering when you're pregnant, the body is like, F you, I'm taking care of the baby. Mm-hmm. Why would anything new be happening for you? So, is it stem cells, maybe? One of the things that I believe uh, that, that backs this up for me is like, w- one of my theories in life is that women are stronger than men. Now, not physically, like, you know, obviously men can like pick up more, you know, bigger rocks than women Mm -hmm. and men can swim faster and run faster and do all these things. But like women's bodies are stronger. So if you look at like, uh, for example, like the, the vaccine injury stuff, you'll see like boys way more vaccine injuries, Hmm. boys way more like kind of health issues in general. Um, women, uh, are have to be stronger. And, And me growing up, I've noticed like, like right now, like our, our full, our, the, the boys, the men in my culture have been so feminized. I mean, in my generation have been hmm. so feminized and like the women have sort of like got, have, have by default become a little more masculine, uh, in, in general for, for my generation. It's kind of like when you have a whole bunch of hens, but you got no rooster. One of the, what happens is one or two of these root hens will assume the role of the rooster hmm. to sort of, you know, maintain order in the hen house or in the flock. So the Madame rooster. I some, mean, hem, so, uh, yeah. So yeah, something, I don't know what that term's called, but, uh, women, their, their bodies are more resilient to a lot of things. Uh, you know, just in general, there, there, there's something about their blood. That's like, 
you know, stronger. Hmm. But also women have to support life. And part of brain development is is raising the kids. So I'm like 40, 44 years old and I'm going through it right now because I have a, you know, a three-year-old, a three, uh, almost four-year-old and a two-year-old. So there's a lot that I am learning about life and about growing up that someone who doesn't have children hasn't experienced yet. And I believe that is further brain development. So you're saying it's not really during pregnancy, it's during raising the kid? Yes, because it happens to the, to the father too. Interesting. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. You can call in and get your thoughts on the air. 603-283-6160. Don't go anywhere. The Shire Free Church offers a sanctuary to those seeking an escape from state churches. The Shire Free Church is an interfaith, diverse group of people that may not share identical theological beliefs. As a member in or minister of the Shire Free Church, you are a sovereign individual and may be the faith of your choice. We don't claim to have all of the answers. We are open to all peaceful people. We want to learn from each other. What unifies the Shire Free Church and its diverse members is peace, love, and liberty. There are many paths to God, one for every individual. The Shire Free Church does not define a specific path beyond these parameters that must be your foundation. Peace as your way. Love as your guide. And liberty as your light. Learn more at church.shiresociety.com. That's church.shiresociety.com. Free Talk Live. It's Free Talk Live, talk radio that you control. 603 one six zero. That's six zero three two eight three six one six zero. If you want to call in with whatever's on your mind um, to talk about with us or to just let the radio listeners hear about, that is six zero three two eight three six one six zero. And with you in the studio tonight, it's me, Bonnie, Jay, and Elspeth. And we're talking about this article about what Vladimir Z- or Vladimir Zelensky is doing. I don't remember his... Oh, yeah, it's Volodymyr Zelensky. I think I usually say Vladimir. Is it Volodymyr? Yeah. Oh. I was just saying it like Vala. Mm-hmm. I don't know which way he pronounced it, and I don't really care yeah. how he pronounced it. Um, so um, we, we were talking about that, but I wanted to let Jay tell us about his affidavit first before we really get into that. All right. So if you guys go to my website, that's uh, jnoon.com. That's J-A-Y. N-O-O-N-E dot com. And at the top, there is a little button you can click that says DCYF Affidavit. Mm -hmm. So this DCYF Affidavit uh, is essentially a notice to DCYF and a notice to um, uh, 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 some state representatives. Mm. Uh, uh, Specific ones or just anyone who reads? Yep. Uh, The specific state representative that is uh, that has called this uh, committee to investigate DCYF is Leah Cushman. Okay. 
And you'll see here it's uh, Representative uh, and also uh, Representative Emily Phillips, Mike Belcher, Kelly Potenza, J.R. Hole, Lisa Mazur, Jake Boulevard, Richie uh, Combine, and John Sellers. And those are the ones who are like agreeing with Leah, or are they part of that committee? Uh, I think they're part of the committee. And okay. uh, I, whether the, the representatives agree with anything or not is irrelevant. Mm-hmm. The, the, so this is a notice and demand for DCY, New Hampshire DCY have to follow due process of law, legal notice and warning. So actually, one of the things that we're doing <clears throat> is I've been working on getting these affidavits gathered up. Uh, the purpose of this affidavit is uh, to is, is that the state legislature are the people's representatives are have the ability to call committees. They have the re- uh, the ability to essentially fire uh, government uh, employees that are bad. They have the ability to shut down, defund, you know, investigate. Um, you know, recommend the attorney general bring charges against, you know, all kinds of things that they can do. Because and, what, uh, most of them probably don't know that, but you were showing at least Joe and I in the studio the other day, um, a video of Leah Cushman, the author of this. Yep. Um, she's not the author of this, but, or, but go on. Uh, th- th- this is actually a, a group effort. A whole bunch of, a whole bunch of us, um, have, she's uh, just like putting her name kind of on it. No, uh, this is, she is, uh, she so, so she is a, um, on a committee for health and human services. Mm-hmm. And so she is the one, and she's a good representative. Uh, she's a freedom rep. Uh, she is, uh, can, she has, she's has someone who has the ability to call an investigation. And essentially what this affidavit is doing is com- is me, you, and anyone else, one of the people, you don't have to have a kid, you don't have to have a problem with DCYF, you just basically have to be able to sign your name on a document uh, we are commanding her to investigate DCYF because what they're doing okay, is they're... Okay, you're commanding her, yes, I see. Yep, that, that's essentially what this process is for. Because DCYF is not using due process of law to take children, to ruin people's um, uh, you know, uh, uh, reputation, to, uh, to take property from people. Like They are taking massive amounts of time. The economic impact that uh, alone that agencies like state agencies like DCYF have just in a... F- fact that they are just screwing with people taking people to court you know like jr hole for example who is a like a a very productive uh individual he does a lot of good things basically a farmer well yeah actually he is a little bit of a yes he is a farmer also he's into that kind of stuff yep uh he was a state representative he's currently a state representative he was a guy that the the state came to take his kids because he gave him ivermectin okay six months before they were you know um tried to take his kids they've they derailed him for like nearly a year. I mean, they've been derailing. They've essentially derailed my family. They yeah. have so they've caused J.R. Hole irreparable harm. They've caused me irreparable harm. They being New Hampshire DCYF Family Court and now you know prosecution. Now that now Merrimack County Prosecutor's Office, Concord City Police, Concord City Prosecutor's Office, they've already caused us irreparable harm. But um, um what I was gonna say about the the state reps probably mostly not knowing that they can do this sort of thing. Yo, right. Leah Cushman put them all on notice. Yes. She went and spoke in front of, it was all of them, right? Gathered yep. together. And there was applause. It sounded like a lot of people were like, wow, like, go Leah Cushman or whatever, yep. because she told them basically, if a person comes to you, you have the ability to do all those things that Jay was saying. Right. I had never heard any of this stuff before Jay started talking about it. So well, it, I bet most of the 
House of Representatives people don't know either. Exactly. So I've been working on a whole bunch of state legislatures for this literally for like since I've been here. I've been like, hey, you guys need to in- enact your separate your powers of checks and balances. The judiciary is, you know, bringing charges against people, for example, where there is no crime, no no one's legal rights have been violated, and they're just doing it and doing it and doing it and doing it, you know, uh, over and over again. And they'll claim, and, like in your case, that um, jurisdiction doesn't matter. Right, right, right. Somehow the state is exempt from from proving uh, or extant, exempt from the standards of standing, the requirements of standing and jurisdiction, according to these prosecutors, best mm-hmm. I can tell. Yep. So anyways... So and, and and I've had many conversations with Leah, um, just a whole bunch of state reps. I've I've been like bugging these guys for literally since 2017, uh, since I've been here nonstop, and I've been bugging them before that. Before I got here on social media, on internet, you know, I'm like, hey guys, you know, we got to fix this property taxing. There's all kinds of issues that need to be solved, and the state reps can do it because of what are checks and balances? We have three branches of government. Legislative, which is your representatives, executive, which is your police, your enforcers, your governors, um, and then you have uh, judicial. Uh, judicial, which is your judges, essentially your courts, lawyers, and well, lawyers are considered judicial officers, but lawyers aren't even supposed to be part of the government. The original Thirteenth Amendment of the American Constitution, you know, the U.S. United States Constitution, was um, uh, to if you had a uh, title of nobility, you cannot participate in government. But anyways, mm. that's, that's a whole different story. So anyways, I'm like, the the purpose of the legislature, one of their powers and duties is to m- maintain a check of balance against the executive and legislative branch. So literally how this particular thing started right here is uh, two years ago, I'm like, Leah, um, we need to do we need to do something about the state. Actually, this was like four years ago. I think I was bugging her online. <laughs> um, I'm like, so, you know, you're, you're a state rep or you're you know, running for state rep. What are you going to do about, you know, reigning in the corrupt courts, you know, exercising powers of checks and balances? And she's like, I, I don't know how to do that. And so Leah went and did a really bunch of awesome research and got hooked up with a group. And, and the guy who is really um, the fire behind uh, all of uh, you know this affidavit stuff is this guy named David Jose. Who's that? Uh, David Jose is a fellow from Arizona uh, who is doing seminars and classes and webinars, and he does he he's he's really um um does a lot of uh, what do they call them spaces Twitter spaces. Okay. And if you look up David Jose on Rumble. Uh, you're not going to find much about him on YouTube. He doesn't put anything on YouTube, but he puts a lot of stuff on Rumble. And he also uh, has a big presence on Twitter or X. And I would would recommend following him. But it was basically a whole group of people are are doing this affidavit stuff all over the country where they're informing the legislative, uh, their legislative officers, their representatives, they're giving them order to do something. So this this affidavit is essentially an order to Leah Cushman, a state representative, to bring an investigation and investigate DCYF. And anyone living in New Hampshire can sign it or anyone anywhere? Uh, as far as I'm concerned, anyone who's planning on being on a dirt day call in New Hampshire, you know, can do this. Because if you just come here, like there's there's a guy there's a guy over in Vermont. It's like, well, I'm out in New Hampshire. I'm like, hey, you come you come to Vermont, uh, come to New Hampshire once in a while. I was like, yeah, I do. I says, okay, you can be affected by this. You know, yeah. you, you definitely have a right um, to, you know, for redress of grievance because so first off 
what is happening is it is everyone's business when DCYF is going in and taking children from families without uh, a court of record, without a trial by judgment of peers. Because Wait, can you explain that to people? What does it mean that it's without a court of record? So when I say without a court of record, I'm specifically talking about family court. Mm-hmm. So the family court is not a true judiciary. It is not an actual court of laws, not an actual court of record. It is a statutory tribunal. It was something created by the legislature. So the legislature can actually shut family court down. Mm-hmm. It, that is one of the things I would like to see because family court is horrible. Horrible. Yeah. They uh, and and everything's sealed and you can't. Have, so one of the yeah, things that's why we're it's gonna, not a court of record because right. it's sealed. You can't like film in there. Right. They're like, oh, there's minors involved. So you can't film in here the public doesn't have to know about it they're completely unresponsible to you they're not even i don't think they're really government right they're well, kind of like private technically entity. they're not government and that's what's kind of messed up not it's just like if you believe the way that things are supposed to be that's messed up right gonna, we could really digress on they're not mm-hmm. government but uh, bring me back around here when i'm done with this statement mm-hmm. so if you want to want some evidence that these municipal corporations, whether they're state police, municipal, uh, whether they're state police, anything that's state whatever is definitely not a government. So DCYF, family court, state police. The perfect example of this is if you internet search, and listen very clearly, internet search Massachusetts ACLU Jack Collins. Jack Collins is the lawyer for the Massachusetts State Police in this particular case, uh, are not a government. So there's a Washington Post article that says Massachusetts State Police claim they are not a government. They act, So there was a court case in 2014 that went to the Supreme Court, I believe, in 2016 or 18 in Massachusetts Supreme Judicial Court. And the state police argued, we are not a government. We are a municipal corporation. We are a governmental agency. The suffix on the end of the, the suffix AL on the end of a word means similar to or like. Mm-hmm. We oh, actually, what we are is we are a nonprofit. We have a tax identification number that set, that, that denotes us as a nonprofit, just like the American Heart and Lung and the American Cancer Society and the Supreme Court justices all agreed. Wow. And they're right. So how does a nonprofit, a mere corporation, get an authority to do any of this stuff? This is an, so. So this is and like this whole like these guys aren't gov, you know government versus governmental. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the municipal corporations, anything that calls itself a municipal corporation, like City of Keene, yeah, it's a municipal corporation, a governmental agency. If you sent a public records request to your local municipal corporation and asked them to provide the document uh, that they the, the evidence that they rely on. That they are an Article 4, Section 4, Republican form of government as required by the Constitution for the United States of America. Uh, they will probably send you their town charter. And if you look at the town charter, you probably won't see the word government hmm. at, as any description. But you'll see governmental hmm. all over the place. So so coming back around, what was I supposed to come back around to here, Bonnie? Um, so uh. you said that the... Leah Cushman can order an investigation into DCYF because they're because, not a court of law. Well, no, or, even well, well, because they it. fund it, mm-hmm. so the state funds it. But she, it's not that she can; it's that she must mm-hmm. because me and other people are demanding that she do so via this affidavit process. So the affidavit process is a little bit of a pain in the butt. So when you go on to my website, jnoon.com, and you click on this affidavit, you're going to come up with an affidavit. It's in the form of a jot form. Uh, Jot form is like some kind of online thing that people like to use to move documents around. Mm -hmm. 
So, like, you need to take this thing, fill out a bunch of fields, and then you um, put in your email, and it emails it back to you. You click on a link, uh, then it's there, and then you can do an electronic signature, which some people have done. And for some reason, that didn't seem to really work so far because I've already talked to seven people now that claim they've they've done this electronic signature, and you know, with the jot form thing. And so they're they're working on that part, but you print it up, and it has to be on legal paper. So that means you have to have legal paper. And then you bring it to a bank and or or a notary, and yep. you go ha- and, and you sign it in front of a notary. And then the idea is to digitally scan it, email it to, um, you know, uh, there's an email here I believe for Leah or and, and this particular committee and the thing. But the, the oh, but the real thing that needs to be done with it is you make a photocopy of it, so you have a, a copy of yourself, and then you send it. To, you can uh, send it in the mail. You can send it in the mail. Okay. Send it certified mail, but. That's really difficult. I so I've talked to people about doing this, and they're like, they just can't pull it off. They don't have legal paper. They don't even have a they don't even have a printer they can scan or copy or even will will print legal document. They don't know how to do it. It's really difficult. So what we're doing tomorrow evening is we are having an affidavit signing party. So it's going to be uh, not far from you know Manchester, Concord, New Hampshire. If somebody wants to email me, J at jnoon dot com, uh, I will tell them the address of the party okay. uh, or you can hit me up if you're one of my friends on you know signal or telegram uh you, you know how to get me there and I, I will tell you where, where to go but what we're having is we're going to have the computer all set up several computers so people can do these jot forms uh they could put their names in we can get it uh we can get it all done uh, uh, the elect- electronic deal done yeah, someone who's a notary? and we have a notary nice. coming in fact it looks like we have two notaries coming now Excellent. which which is really cool and uh, this is going to be at an existing party at, a, at one of these, you know, libertarian, free stater type owned um, establishments. And there looks and so, so my wife, uh, uh, she made a couple of events, uh, made an event uh, somewhere on Facebook about this. Um, it is funny, too. She posted it in certain groups. And like the local town group, it was removed immediately. Wow. You know, this affidavit party. And basically it starts off of, do you want to bring it? You want. Uh, the legislature to bring an investigative committee against DCYF for crimes against the people is is is, is what I'm calling this thing. So we're getting organized. We're going to do this. And in fact, my plan is to hit up a libertarian event once a week with printers, copiers, computers, a notary or a notary or two. Get this all done. Get these affidavits all signed. Like you know, really uh, get people doing it. So like, there's going to be a, you know events at the Quill. There's going to be events at the at the Shell, which is another libertarian place. There's some North Country meetups where it looks like somebody is going to run around and kind of take care of this. Hmm. Uh, but yeah, tomorrow evening, uh, basically from like four to nine, we're going to be you know at this particular location doing this, getting the affidavits covered. And uh, getting people involved because we need to have, we really, really need to have and present real world solutions to tyranny and corruption that are peaceful and actually work. Uh, And, you know, uh, because the thing is, is there's a lot of people who are just like, I mean, just this this riot last night, this, this, you know, insurrection protesting where the Democrats were like, oh, my God, it was scarier than January 6th hmm. in D.C. Uh, you know, and, and, and all these other places, you know, we're going to start seeing a bunch of riots spur off, especially as people get broke, uh, and which is 
you know, really coming down. When you, you can't know, get pipe. food, that's when they start. Well, they just, people are going to get broke. They're not going to be able to get their drugs and they're going to be, you know, mm. upset. It's not even a food thing. And, mm. you know, it's the people who are going to, can't get their, you know, whether it's their, their Prozac, their Ritalin or, 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 or their smack on the street that are, you know, going to be the, a, a major problem. And then, and then comes the people who don't have food. Yeah. I was <laughs> actually thinking today about when pretty soon the medical industry is going to probably collapse and lots of people are talking about it. I saw an article on Zero Hedge. I thought about bringing it in, but it started sounding too much like an an advertisement for this group. Like they're probably good, but I didn't look into them. So I didn't want to like read their basically advertisement article on the show, but they were saying like tons of people are really concerned that pretty soon like the pharmacy um, industry is going to collapse. And I was thinking like as soon as people can't get their antidepressants yeah, they're gonna meds. lose their minds like there's this crazy girl that i grew up with like she was in middle school with me and then high school with me and she would have absolute anxiety attacks if like oh one time we went to galveston with her parents when we were in high school and then came back and he lost the house key her dad lost the house key and it was like she was gonna be you know like some minutes late getting her zoloft and she started having the biggest anxiety attack crazy thing ever just being afraid she would miss it not even that she like had been off of it or anything that is crazy and you know who i'm talking about right yeah she's crazy um so that's so sad i just know that people are gonna go crazy for i think you're right before they're hungry they're gonna start going crazy for their meds yeah so i have a friend he is in his 60s um he has uh some form of Louis de, Louis something Parkinson's they call it Louis something dementia. It's like a form of Parkinson's, hmm. and what really um, helps him out a lot. I I uh, like I, I'm going to say Prozac. That's not the that's not the one. Uh, Something like that. Adderall. Adderall. That's what he. That's what it is. Adderall. And uh, his um, his wife told me the other day. Um, she goes, "Oh, I, you know, um, I, I've been trying to get Adderall from the pharmacy, and I've called all the pharmacies, and you know, they're like, oh, there's a shortage on Adderall. There's no Adderall. They want to. Um, that sucks. I'm pretty sure it's Adderall, but basically, I, I think you're right because uh, somebody we know that takes Adderall has also dealt with that same problem. Um, yeah. with there being a shortage. Louis, I remember seeing like six months ago that there was a shortage in fast release Adderall. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I, I I don't know anything really about any of that stuff, the the actual drugs themselves, but I can tell you when this guy is like not on his Adderall, he's like like he he like like shaking? his well his wife has to hand feed him hmm. because he's shaking or can't? He, yeah he's just like it just makes makes a big mess. It's like wow. it, you know my my two year old can feed himself better than this guy can not on Adderall. I wonder if kratom would help him. That's interesting. Which, I, I don't know yeah, at um, all. It just is the thought. He, he's sort of like mainstream. You know, he mm. was like, uh, you know, I got friends who are like, oh, it's CBD oil and this, that, and, you know, and he's like, oh, a doctor says you know, none of that stuff. And I'm like, yeah, the doctor <laughs> wants to sell you a patented pharmaceutical. Yeah. I'm not saying that I know CBD would help him, but a doctor saying none of that stuff is so stupid. It mm-hmm. can't possibly hurt him. He could at least try. Yeah, yeah right. It helped um, our, uh, I think, autistic adopted little brother. He mm-hmm. is uh, like... I don't know what exactly is wrong with him. It's it'd be like severely autistic. Like he doesn't talk. He throws things. It helped him so much. My parents were like, "He's never this calm." When I yep. gave him CBD. Yeah, I, there's been a tremendous um, uh, website farms not pharma. So F A R M not P H A R M A. I believe dot org. It's run by a guy named Brent Kaufman. Actually, Brent Kaufman is. Uh, 
will be participating in Anarchapoco this year. Hmm. He's a guy I met out in Colorado. He, he's actually living full-time, I guess, down in um, uh, Acapulco. But anyways, he... Uh, he was, uh, there's a lot of good information on there, but I, I personally know so many people with epilepsy, when they started getting on CBD, it was life-changing. They could go back to work. They could get off the crazy meds. They didn't have headaches anymore. They weren't miserable. They weren't thinking about killing themselves. They were actually mm. enjoying life. And if that's not going to help, at least like Rick Simpson oil. Yeah, and so. But I will get you high. But with these, with these SSRI, SSRI drugs, you know, not being available, the fact that like my friend who actually kind of needs this Adderall, um, He's taking like one fourth of what he should be taking every day because it's all he can come up with basically on a monthly basis. Hmm. It's probably a bunch of people who just want to get high off of it, using it up. 603-283-6160. Call in with whatever's on your mind. 603-283-6160. It's Free Talk Live. More coming up. Eleutheromania, the insatiable desire for freedom. It's the new three-song heavy metal EP from Captain Kickass. Available now on your favorite music app or get it directly from CaptainKickass.com. that you control and 603-283-6160 is the number you can call to get in on the conversation with us 603-283-6160 um person who was holding deb i think i might have accidentally hung up on you so if you want to be on the air just please call right back 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight it's me bonnie jay and elspeth and, um, Jay, what was the other thing you wanted to tell us about this affidavit um, that so, you're having people sign for? So I'm just going to uh, read a, a couple of takes from this affidavit for everybody. Uh, and, and you can go on to jnoon.com and uh, click on it and read it for yourself. But it uh, talks about, uh, um, take notice that by accepting paychecks and assuming the duties that become a public trust officer, it is your fiduciary to protect the interests and liberty of the people. By accepting this office, you agree to become a trustee and agent of the people, as seen in New Hampshire Constitution Part 1, Article 8, which says, uh, Accountabilities, magistrates, and officers, public's right to know, all power residing originally in and being derived from the people, all magistrates and officers of government are their substitutes and agents at all times accountable and accountable to them. Take notice. New Hampshire DCYF personnel have been and are continuing to operate outside the terms of the agreement with the express trust indenture known as the New Hampshire State Constitution. In an express trust indenture only, what is expressed, was written, is granted, and what is not expressly written is forbidden. As an officer and agent of the people, you are hereby bound by fiduciary duties to adhere to the expressly delegated grants of authority issued in the New Hampshire Constitution, see evidence below. So anyways, the Constitution does not give 
uh, well, first off, the the state any power to take any of our rights away is the exact opposite. And the New Hampshire <clears throat> one's even a little better than like, the New Hampshire one. Pretty darn good. Yes. So the um, and like the Virginia one's really good, and hmm. Massachusetts is really good. But even you know Massachusetts has turned into a commie cess- cesspool. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so, Virginia. Yes. So, anyways, uh, the um, the thing is here. So, so like this is you know so Leah Cushman in her uh, address a, cu- a couple weeks ago to the New Hampshire House of Representatives was. Basically, you know, that, that, you know, explaining that you, you have to follow the Constitution. You can't be doing these things that aren't expressed in the Constitution. There is no constitutional provision that gives the children uh, to the state or allows the state to take these children or uh, creates these, you know, uh, fraudulent tribunal courts called family court. And mm-hmm. I'm going to totally call them fraudulent because they are. And so what by this affidavit is a lot more to it, you know, several pages long. It's pretty detailed. Uh, and actually at our affidavit signing party, we have other affidavits prepared that people can fill in their own reason hmm. and then send oh, that nice. one too. And then I have another affidavit that I've drafted up that basically is like, hey, I'm a, someone who's required to pay taxes. This is costing me money. The state keeps on, you know, giving money to these uh, people who are creating massive liabilities for me as a taxpayer. Do and property taxes in Keene go to like DCYF? I'm sure. <laughs> but even even if you just rent an apartment, you're still paying property taxes indirectly. If you register a car locally, you're paying those, uh, you know, state and 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 local taxes to register your car. If you have a uh, cell phone. Oh. You food, know, buying food. You're paying a tax. Uh, if you're buying, yeah, meals Prepared tax, meals, yeah. Uh, hotel tax, fuel tax. Um, mm. If you own a business, you're paying taxes. If you frequent a business, part of that tax that you're paying to that business, even though you might be buying a gallon of milk that has no tax on it, but that guy's paying taxes. So, you know, mm. part, part of that is essentially towards paying taxes. So, yeah. And... The fact that DCYF is causing irreparable harm and damage to children and families and whole communities is all of our business. Mm-hmm. When I mean, like uh, people, they go into the foster care are like way more likely. I don't know the numbers off the top of my head, but I've heard it before to go to jail to commit crimes. Oh, yeah. Not only that, but you start like you want to Internet search something that'll make your stomach turn mm-hmm. uh, your favorite state. Child Protection CPS Settlements or DCYF Settlements. So NH DCYF Settlements, you'll see like these multi-million dollar settlements being given to to, to, to families because DCYF takes their kid and, and gives their kid to a pedophile yeah. and Whoa. the kid gets m- molested. You have... Um, and by settlements, he means DCYF lost and they have to pay these people, but it's all coming well, out of the pocket the, of the person <laughs> who did it. Actually, it's, DCYF didn't lose. Yep. There was no court hearing. What hmm. happens is somebody files a claim with what's called the 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 New Hampshire Division of Risk and Benefit. Okay. So that is who and then that claim if paid out becomes an obligation of the general fund. So the general fund is funded by whatever is a state tax. Okay. So a portion of your property tax goes to the general fund, that meals tax, part of that goes to the general fund, you know, the the, the tax that you're paying to register your car or your business tax or whatever, all that stuff is like part of the general fund. In fact, if you if you get a, a, a ticket, and I refer tickets to, you know, a, as a tax, taxation without representation is exactly what a ticket is. So if you get a ticket from a state trooper, that goes into the general fund, from what I understand. 
Now, that being said, when um, uh, so what that happens is they just settle these claims. These are settlements. And part of the settlement is you have this family who is generally a poor family mm-hmm. who now they've had this horrible DCYF deal, which is, you know, literally just hammered them from, you know, financially because they have to go hire a lawyer because most people lack so much confidence. They won't go into court without a lawyer, lawyer or go deal with they these guys without a lawyer. made it as complicated and crazy mm-hmm. as possible. Like, I don't think I would have been able to figure out how to do my ticket, my very easy uh, trial, my parking ticket one by myself. I had Ian, who's done it a million times, and I had our neighbor who gave me lots of advice. Just figuring out where, where, where you take this paperwork and that, I don't know how like you figure that out by yourself. So when, when the state uh, basically puts a child in a situation where they get emotionally traumatized, mm-hmm. that becomes a liability later on in the future that is dispersed amongst all of us. Right, like people who don't want to work because they're messed up. How, just young girls, young boys getting molested. Mm-hmm. They, they are destroyed. Mm-hmm. They, and, 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 and no amount of money can ever fix that. So what happens is a whole bunch of money is paid out in a fat check to the family. And the and one of the reasons you're not hearing anything about these, and it's just a vague newspaper article. Well, we reached out to the family for comment, and they said they can't comment because they have agreed to, the to, settlement. to a settlement, which includes a non-disclosure Yep. And a lot of times they uh, make stuff quiet because there's a minor involved. Well, so that's so, so this is why DCYF and family court is so ripe for this kind of corruption. Mm-hmm. So all of the employees have qualified immunity. Qualified immunity literally is a definition of uh, employee incompetence, mm-hmm. lack of responsibility. It is, a de- it is irresponsibility is what qualified immunity creates. So... Now, qualified immunity has been going on since like the 50s, I guess, in, in New Hampshire, best I can tell, maybe longer. <clears throat> and I don't know how long DCYF's been around for, but this qualified immunity stuff has created a culture of irresponsible government bureaucrats. They're not responsible to you. Like, they can do anything to you, and if you, even if you get a, quote, settlement and get some money out of it, it's not coming out of the person who nope. did it to use pockets. It's coming out of the taxpayers nope. from this fund. And it just keeps happening and it keeps happening and it just keeps getting covered up in these family courts and these things are sealed. Want to go to the phones? Yeah, let's take a call. We have Deb um, from Massachusetts. Deb, what's on your mind? Hey, you guys. Hello. Yeah, we got disconnected. Yeah, sorry about well, that. Well, I'm not sure if you want to stay on this topic and combine it with the whole psych drug topic. Yeah, that sounds interesting. Because... the. Jay and others, I don't know if you know, um, a lot of the kids that could put into foster care are put on the psych drugs, too. Oh, oh yeah, that's a great point. I believe yeah. it. I mean, they mess and them the, up. the foster care system. Yeah, it's really bad. Um, I'll just speak personally for one second. I was on SSRIs for 16 years. I got sold that story that, you know, the serotonin imbalance and all that, yep. which you know, I found out way too late that that's all a myth. Yeah, it there's, is. There's no way. And um, there's What's actually that? proof. Uh, yeah, you're you're right. It's a myth because there was proof last year. Basically, this guy in England or this like these people, these scientists in England, they showed that every single study that they've ever relied on to say, oh, there's this chemical imbalance in people's <clears throat> brains and that's why you need SSRIs because there's a chemical imbalance was never actually... Um, 
good enough to actually prove that theory. It has never been proven. Flawed study. Yep, exactly. Mm -hmm. So do you guys know the name um, Robert Whitaker? No. Um, He's written several books, but the one that I want to reference is called Anatomy of an Epidemic. And he's a journalist. He started out writing about other things, and then somehow he got involved with you know, he got access to inside information in the pharmaceutical industry, psychopharmaceutical, and he found out a lot of information and decided to write about it. And um, his book, it's available in the libraries. It's all about the history of the psychopharma, you know, ecology and how these drugs are just, you know, they, they were developed for one use and then they use them off market for other psychiatric reasons and then they got approval to put it on the market and it's just we're a bunch of guinea pigs that's that's really what it's all about and you know i again my personal story i was the last one i was on was paxil <clears throat> really nasty one and withdrawal from that was the only time in my life that i've been suicidal oh my with goodness. the withdrawal wow slowly tapered over six months, you guys. Whoa. And I was still suicidal. It was horrible. That was about 12 years ago. I'll never, ever go on those drugs ever again. And I've learned other holistic ways of dealing with stuff. But these kids, you know, you're a kid. You don't have agency to be speaking up too much for yourself. And you're just going to believe the adults. The adults that tell you, oh, you need to be on this drug, you're just going to believe them because they're just these people who have power over you that don't actually have your best interest in mind because they're not your parents. Mm -hmm. Exactly, exactly. And, you know, these things, the the drugs are so powerful on the brain, it's doing all kinds of crazy things. And you know the stories about it, you know, making people homicidal, too. Um, Yeah. And the other piece here, when you get back to talking about the court system and whatnot, once you're in their system and you're labeled as having psychiatric problems, you know what that means for your rights, too. They're going to use that label to say, oh, you are going to tend to be more criminal. You're, you're compromised. Where, or if you do something, like say you're just an activist, or you're speaking up for yourself, like like Jay is having to do right now with DCYF. If you have any records that they can dig into that say that, oh, you've been on psych drugs or you've been in a psych hospital, that's going to be used against you. And then it gets into gun rights, too. Right. Especially if you live in a may-issue state. Yeah. So... You know, Robert Whitaker, that book, he has a website called um, Mad in America. Mad in America, I'm looking it up right now, madinamerica.com. You can see all kinds of articles, a lot of people speaking up about psych rights. And um, I'm not sure what else to add right at this moment, but I have pretty strong an opinion about it. And if there's anything anybody can do to keep kids off of these freaking drugs, please do it. Thank yes. you so much for your call. And please call in whenever you want. So you're, you're a good caller, and it's great to hear from you. Thanks so much, Deb. Um, what were you going to say, Jim? Well, so these psych drugs, uh, a lot of my peers, I was never put on anything. One one thing I got to say. I know, I, I'm so grateful I never was. Is my um, you know, my dad got divorced, and he uh, uh, married a, a woman who was in... Um, pharmacy school, you know, when I was like six years old, she was going to school to be a pharmacist or just getting done with that. And, or maybe I was like four, I don't remember exactly, but 
she was like, she was like very much against like, you know, um, all these vaccines. She was against like all of the uh, drugs. And one of the things is she was a, like a pharmacist assistant for, you know, several years. And she basically was just noticing the decline. She worked in a little pharmacy store in uh, Chicopee, Massachusetts. And she was just noticing like her patients that were on like the Ritalin, the, the, um, those kind of things like Ritalin. I remember just Ritalin being like a big thing when I was a kid. I can remember, you know, grade school, seventh, eighth grade, maybe even younger, definitely in high school. I had so many buddies that would like go to school that would have to go to the nurse and get their Ritalin. Yeah, me too. And, uh, and Ritalin, Ritalin, and I, I might be speaking inaccurately when I say this, but Ritalin, uh, from what I understand, if you were to like look at the chemical composition of Ritalin uh, uh, and the chemical composition of cocaine, you would have to be like a chemist to like tell the difference. Wow. It's so similar. Wow. Um, our friend, well, I know, my friend TJ the Spy, I don't know if you really know. Sure, I know TJ, yep. He has this tattoo on his hip kind of. And he'll show it to you in pieces. He'll cover up half of it. And he'll be like, see, this, that is meth. Now it's Adderall. Now it's ecstasy. I think those oh, are something things. like that. I, I've seen it's him a, do that before. Yeah. It's a little chem- chemical symbol. And, and that's just how close Adderall and meth are. That's crazy. That is so, so sad. So fast forward. I, I have a lot of like, I have a lot of like peers that I grew up with that they got a cocaine problem. Kids from guys from my hometown. And they've kind of, been, and, and you know, everybody kind of knows who these guys are. Uh, but they were the kids that were on the Ritalin. They, and, 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 and a lot of them talk about it publicly. They're struggling with it. You know, it's these, some of these guys, I'm not saying everybody who did Ritalin is, you know, cokehead now. Hmm. Uh, but like a lot of my peers who were like on that stuff when they were kids, their brain, they, they made drug addicts. They made coke addicts. They made meth addicts by giving the developing brain these these psychiatric altering, you know, dopamine enhancing uh, drugs and has made them a dependent class. I believe it. I, I want to go to the phone calls, though. Um, I'm not sure who this is. Unscreened caller. What's on your mind? Uh, yeah, it's Tom. And I, I don't know why, to, Tom. Uh, you're, sorry, your phone number just won't save in my little system. So every single time. But go ahead. Uh, yeah. Anyway, it's about... Uh, this topic here, I guess, because you, you're talking about this or something else. Uh, this evening, I was uh, on my way home, and I stopped at the post office in Nashua, downtown, and I found a gentleman camped out on the floor. Homeless guy? He took some, uh, he took some uh, priority mail boxes to lay flat on the floor so he could lie down on something that's not cold and, and uh he had been uh, talked to me. Yeah, I guess he was okay, but he uh, was asking around, and uh, I, he seemed drunk. And uh, so, on my way out of there, I mean, I asked him if he wanted to walk to the hospital. It's right there, right next, just down the street. And uh, he, he'd rather just stay right there. It's too cold out here in uh, New Hampshire, by the way, to be just out sleeping outside. So he went into a place that's inside. And I went across the street, there's a shelter, uh, and rang the buzzer and explained the situation to the lady. And she said, uh, well, we would if we could, but we're full. And some people automatically think that the solution to that is to throw more money at shelters and 
things like that. But just think, if they abolish the zoning restrictions, then immediately you'll have plenty of jobs for people who want to work and plenty of housing of all different uh, budgets because people, whatever people need, you know, whether it's a simple dormitory or apartment houses, you wouldn't have City Hall saying, oh, no, for each uh, 10 units, you have to have 17 parking spaces. You won't have garbage like that going on. You won't have the neighbor saying, no, we don't want apartment houses in our, quote, our, unquote, neighborhood, as if they own the land that the building would be on. And that's so messed Um, up. It's like um, there was this lady in New Hampshire maybe two years ago who lived in a tiny house on her parents' property, and they were obviously allowing her to live there. And the feds, or not the feds, uh, the government came and told her she can't live in her tiny house on her parents' property anymore just because blah, 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 zoning. Because of zoning, yeah. Yeah, now, uh, by the way, somebody mentioned to me, just because you own the land doesn't mean you don't have to deal with the uh, surrounding area. Even the state of Vatican City, which is sovereign under international law, I mean, if they want to build another building, they have to figure out, okay, where are we going to get the the water coming in? We're going to need sewer lines. We're going to need power lines from the surrounding country. So, yeah, you do have to work with, have bureaucrats figuring out some of this stuff. I mean, you don't have to. Um, You have to in the system we're in now, but it shouldn't have to be that way. It should just be like private companies dealing with each other and free trade and stuff. Yes, free trade would be... uh, I would say it would give rise to a lot of day labor situations where you stay here tonight and uh, we'll feed you. We'll give you a, a bag lunch and you sign in the day labor hall. And when you come back, you'll have a check and you gradually uh, get more and more money saved up until you can uh, get hired on and stuff like that. And people could, who want to pull themselves out would pull themselves out and people yep. who want to drink would mess up and you could have people explaining to them, uh, you know, if you drink, you're going to be wasting a lot of money. If you uh, and the, the, a buy, lot of people buy like... food off the lunch truck, you're going to be wasting a lot of money as compared to buying stuff, supermarket food. Yeah, and a, a lot of people who right now, they just drink their lives away and they're homeless and stuff. It's because they are kind of backed into a wall. They can't just go start a business making sandwiches and feed it on the side or sell them on the side of the street until they have enough money to do something better. I'm not saying every single one is like this and would pull themselves up by their bootstraps if they could. Some people are just terrible people, but I bet a lot more of them would um, pull themselves up by their bootstraps if they weren't in, um, you know, keep being kept from starting any little business that you can start off doing, and also it's the minimum wage requirements. Oh, you have to have already all this experience to get a job. Well, right now it's pretty easy to get a job, to be honest. But um, it, the least skilled worker should be able to be like, I don't mind doing a job for like $3 an hour just to save up to do, do X, blah, blah, blah. And I don't mind living in just like a Japan-style tiny room until I move on to the next thing. No, you have to and be making at least $8.75 or whatever an hour, and you have to have experience to get that job, and then you're going to be paying like $2,000 a month in rent, maybe more like $1,500 or something, but that's like average in Keen. Moving on, we have unscreened caller on Free Talk Live. What's your name? Uh, hi, my name is Matthew. You have to get that job, and hi, Matthew. then you're going to be paying like $2,000. Oh, can um, you shut off your computer in the background, Matthew? Yeah, I don't know if you turned it yeah, off, sorry. but okay, go um, ahead. I'd like to 
because you guys were talking about SSRIs. I was in a uh, mental facility for a while, and I was they put me on Abilify. Okay. What's that? Abilify. Um, I, uh, I have had Jay talk to me with, with me about this a few times because I know him personally, but um, I believe it's an SSRI, but a few times when I told them that it was, like, affecting me weirdly, mm-hmm. like, they wouldn't listen. The, the doctors? Yeah, but, like... Isn't it supposed it, it to be helping you? Well. Shouldn't they yeah, listen to you if it if it was supposed to help you? That's so sad. So they didn't listen to me because they said it was just my body getting used to it, and they said that if after three days it was still affecting me weirdly, they would take me off of it. Did you end up getting off of it? Did maybe your parents help you get off it? I stopped g- taking it. A while back, but since we're on to top, since you guys were on the topic of that, I figured I should call in and. Yeah, that's good. You you know you expressed at this, so so they told you to stay on it for three days, and your body's just getting used to it. What happened after three days? Did they like listen to you anymore? They kept me on it even after I told them that it was still affecting me. So, what were like the negative things that were happening to you because of this? So I told them like it was like affecting me in a way where like if something were like to happen I wouldn't have a very good reaction. Hmm. Making you really anxious. Yeah. So it was just making you way worse and they weren't listening to you just and being like, Oh, this is our map, so you have to listen to us. That's a really messed up story. I'm glad you were able to get off of it, Matthew. Call in whenever you uh want and let us know how uh, you're doing with that. I'm glad that you're able to get off of it. 603-283-6160. There's more coming up. It's Free Talk Live. On Free Talk Live, we're bringing people to the ideas of liberty every day. From wrestling superstars like Glenn Jacobs. You guys really are having an impact, I believe. Like I said, uh, a lot of where I am now is due to listening to Free Talk Live. You changed my mind on some very important issues years ago. To random people tuning in on the radio. I was kind of stuck in the left-right paradigm. I heard your show by chance on a Saturday night. From there, I went on doing the Free State Project and become an amplifier. So, I mean, that's really the reason why I amp is uh, because I know that if it wasn't for you guys being on as many stations as you are, I never would have found the ideas of liberty. You can help more people hear the message of liberty by joining Free Talk Live's AMPS program on Patreon for as little as $5 a month. And you'll get access to special perks. Visit amps.freetalklive.com, amps.freetalklive.com. Free Talk Live. that you control and 603-283-6160 is the phone number you can call to get in on the conversation with us. We've had a lot of really good callers tonight. I'm always happy when I 
get to talk to somebody I've never spoken to before, and they've brought up really interesting topics. So if you're another person like that who wants to bring up a, a um, new conversation with us, 603-283-6160 is the phone number to call. And with you in the studio tonight, it's myself, Bonnie. Jay. Elspeth. And I did want to just go ahead and finish this article that we've been teasing all night from the Wall Street Journal. It says, Ukraine President Zelensky says, time not right for elections. Why are they spelling it with one Y when most time they spell it with two Ys? That's so weird. I looked it up today, so I made sure I didn't spell it right or wrong, but it's with one Y in this Wall Street Journal thing. Anyways, it says Ukrainian President Vladimir Zelensky ruled out holding elections next year. It's a whole year from now and he's already talking about this calling for political unity as his government seeks to retain Western support and public trust after a disappointing counteroffense. Zelensky said in a video address late Monday that now is not the time for elections, as Ukraine should direct its resources toward defense. The 45-year-old took office in 2019, meaning presidential elections should normally have been held early next year. But elections cannot take place in Ukraine under martial law, which was declared after Russia invaded in February last year. The reason this is interesting at all, if you weren't listening to the first segment when I kind of explained this, is people have been getting convinced that this war is a good idea, that Americans should send tax dollars in the to the tune of like $80 billion at a time to Ukraine because, well... These are people who believe in democracy. We want to uphold democracy in Ukraine. We don't want um, communist Russia to take over. We don't want to let them win. We need to uphold democracy. And democracy is a terrible idea. But if you do think democracy is a good idea and you did fall for that rhetoric, well, turns out the guy who uh, was pushing that idea is now not allowing elections to take place while he's the president because he put the country under martial law because he needs unity right now. Um, we couldn't possibly have the people vote for a new president right now. That is hilarious. Yeah, uh, I agree with you. And to, um, you know, throw a little comment on there about uh, Tom, uh, mm. who, who I wanted to uh, bring back to that a little bit. He Tom called last called segment. Talking about the homeless and how, like, the um, the zoning is making housing restrictive. Mm-hmm. So housing's really expensive, and... The zoning has a little bit to do with it, <clears throat> but the thing is, with the, with homelessness, you take these homeless people and you give them a house, and the house is destroyed, you, and and they don't, and like there's like really nice shelters in places, uh, in like L.A. and all 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 around Phoenix, where it's like in some places it's basically a house, and you you have a room, but you can't use drugs, you can't be drunk. And these people are getting their dopamine hit from a substance, alcohol, meth, heroin, fentanyl, whatever they're into. So and and, but 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 the big thing is what's really fueling the homelessness. I believe the biggest problem, which is like 85 percent of the homelessness problem is welfare state. So, for example, if you know a first responder like an EMT or a police officer or a firefighter, and you say, hey, have you ever uh, given anyone Narcan? Have you ever picked up uh, a dead body that overdosed? Um, And if they're in any kind of uh, city, urban area, they're going to say, oh, yeah. And you ask them, were those people on welfare? And I've asked this to almost every first responder uh, I I come in contact with. This is always a question I ask them. I ask cops this all the time. And they're like, yeah, they are on welfare. They have an EBT card in their pocket, hmm. for example. Or when I did the, the report, there was even one uh, one guy from back home. <clears throat> uh, he he told me that uh, like some uh, so, somebody died, and like then he's got someone from uh, an IRS agent 
calling him because he was uh, this is um, he, he he was a detective on the case, and uh, the, and after the woman had died, somebody had cashed her tax refund, and mm. and 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 the uh, and this guy um, he was like he was like oh, why does she get a tax refund? She doesn't work. Yeah, she's a junkie. You know, uh, basically was like, he's like, and, and the IRS agents, well, I don't know, somebody cashed her tax refund like days after or weeks after she died or something. And and one of the things I think the, the uh, guy was calling to confirm about when the actual, when she was actually dead. And he's like, oh yeah, it was cashed. And and the thing is, it's the welfare state. These people are given just enough money. Uh, and the reason this is such a big problem in like San Francisco, Oregon, because, well, the weather's good there, mm-hmm. right? And uh, the... Um, and there's major incentives, and they feed the people, and they tolerate it, and they put up with it, and uh, and and they're incentivizing it because you know. But this is also what happens when Rome, right before Rome collapsed, you know, they were all drunk with pride, and you, and and you had uber rich people and totally poor, decimated people. And you know, this is this is where the U.S. empire is on the verge of collapse right now, I believe, and I hope it needs to collapse because it's bad. And- welfare has a lot to do with what I was talking about, about the government keeping people who may actually pull themselves up out by their bootstraps from having any incentive to do it. They're like, right. whatever, I can skirt by on welfare, make enough money to get my drugs and, you know, Cheetos or whatever and watch TV. So what do I care if I'm, uh, you know, not rich? I don't and, care. And, and here's one crazy thing. Like a lot of the homeless people would rather get their $600 a month, uh, check from the state in california for example in san francisco and in venice beach you see you know videos of these guys getting interviewed all the time like oh i got food i got fed three times a day they got meals on wheels coming over here feeding us they got you know this that and the other thing some of them some of these places like venice beach has set up porta potties for them uh and uh and 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 it's just a huge incentive and the thing is is they don't want to go to the homeless shelter just like tom was saying because you can't go to the homeless shelter drunk you can't be do drugs in the homeless shelter. They kick you out mm-hmm. because their interest is doing drugs, and and it's because they get the money from the state. So every and one of the well known things is every time the the welfare checks are are basically recharged, there's a huge surge in drug sales uh, because you know they're just that's what they want to do. So between welfare and the begging and the robbing and the stealing, and now with, with this fentanyl, where you know basically. You know what would fit on the tip of a pencil, uh, a you know a sharp pencil tip of fentanyl, which is like you know not even it's like milligrams or micrograms or, uh, worth of this fentanyl will kill you. From what oh. I understand, it's so powerful. So now they can lace a lot of these drugs with just a little bit of fentanyl, so they can cheaply, you know, have cheaper, cheaper, cheaper drugs. Make it stronger without. Che- well, yeah, you can just you know put a little fentanyl on that heroin, mm-hmm. and now it's you know a three dollar load of heroin, from what I understand, instead of a. Fifteen dollar load, and I had a crackhead uncle too. He used to tell me about these things: how he you, you could get crack versus versus uh, um, free base and all this stuff. But anyways, um, and even like my crackhead uncle, it, you know, it was welfare, it was disability that literally actually what killed him is my grandmother sold the house and then he basically took her debit card every day and in sixty two days or forty eight day, days, you know, sixty some odd days, basically blew through about forty five thousand dollars and was dead. Uh, and you know, my grandmother had like 800 bucks left in her savings account. <laughs> Terrible. Wow. Yeah, it was crazy. Uh, and she had like almost 50 grand in there and he went through it all. Oh um, my God. but, uh, but yeah, so, and then we have this homeless industrial complex, the amount of money that is spent on homelessness by like Boston, 
Chicago, Baltimore, L.A., Vancouver, Canada. Vancouver, there is a really good documentary by Lauren. I forget Lauren's last name. Darn it. Um, anyways, um, uh, she's... Uh, Lauren Southern? Yes, Lauren Southern. Oh, I yep. know she's Canadian. Yep, yep. Uh, she actually just did another documentary called In Fringe that Tim Cass is push- pushing about um, basically you know, gun rights in America. But... Uh, the homeless industrial contract, she in her documentary about this homelessness says that Vancouver spends billions with a B. Now, I said billions before, and somebody says, Jay, that can't be right. It's not billions of dollars. Well, it's in Canadian dollars. Hmm. So there's like, you know, 10 Canadian dollars for an American dollar. You know, or it, I mean, it depends on how many bombs America's, you know, launching across the world. But it's, it's really like the exchange rates, like. A dollar Canadian, a dollar American gets you like a buck twenty-five or a buck fifty Canadian. You know, you know, there's a little difference. Uh, but anyways, um, yeah, it, they just spend tons and tons of money and nothing happens. But this is just like what we started off the show with, talking about all you know, all these the reason a hospital is expensive, the reason prisons are expensive, and schools are so expensive is because all the government contractors uh, are are charging uh, you know lucrative money. For all of these supplies, you know, 100x or 10 to 100x or even more than that, you know, what it goes for. And it's the same thing with the homeless industrial complex. You basically have all this money getting funneled to these uh, nonprofits and these groups and these guys all involved. They're just, you know, giving it out to, you know, contractors to do jobs like mow the lawn and, you know, service the places for, you know, stupid money. So it profits people for some people to be poor and suffering and on welfare and homeless? Yes, it profits. Uh, it profits the, par- the 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 bureaucratic types, the people, the parasite industries. If you are, have a business and you take government jobs, you're a parasite. That's yeah. really the bottom line. So if you if you're a plumber and you work on the school, you work on the state house, you work on you know any government buildings. Hmm, these um, pay way more than like a regular business. You are a parasite. But also all those parasite uh, like plumbers and like like a plumber, if the government doesn't exist, that plumber is not going to go out of business because he has a skill. He's useful. He's going to, you know, go work, you know, for, for private entities. Um, <clears throat> but what happens is like, for example, the plumber that has the contract to, you know, do all these, you know, in- installations and upgrades and refurb and bring things up to EPA standards or, you know, code compliance in the city buildings, you all of his employees are donating to that particular cities like i'm sure here in Keene, if it's a bunch of democrats you're gonna find that you know joe's plumbing which i don't know even exists in Keene, yep. that that has the contract for the city of Keene or is an approved city of Keene. you're probably gonna go and find that everyone who works for joe's plumbing donates to the, the democrats uh, or if it's a city that's run by republicans they vote they dirt donate to the republicans yeah you know, they're both crooked they really are and um but anyways, that's pretty much all I got about, you know, this, this, this homelessness stuff. California, freaking cool to the homeless. <laughs> Cartman. Well, moving on, we have this story from Elsbeth, or the Elsbeth brought in, from Wired.com. Oh, wait, that's the wrong one. Sorry. Hold up. Um, it's a Washington Express one. Yeah, but I sent myself the wrong one somehow. I don't even know how I did that. But um, we're going to talk about basically the fact that the yeah you didn't send it to me the the government um of Oregon is getting rid of their um graduation standards you can just read it off your phone instead of sending it to me if you want here hold on um well 
so yeah, we'll keep going here. I, you know, so what she's talking about is that they're lowering the standards for education, which has been happening just my entire life. They would, oh, the kids aren't doing any good. They're not, they're, they're, they're not, they're not, um, you know, learning things. They're not passing you know, tests. They're not passing tests. Uh, we they, so what did they do? They just lower the standards instead of doing better at educating people. Yeah, and and, and this article she has just um, you know st- speak up when you're ready over there um, is you know essentially what it, what it sounds like is I mean it's horrible what it's talking about, but you know the the U.S. is constantly going down, down, down versus any of the other developed nations. I was just trying to look and see what what, what the ranking was. Uh, for the U.S. versus yeah, uh, these, these other countries, but Jokes the U.S. On them, I was homeschooled. The U.S. keeps partially. on keeps on going down, down, and down. And I'll tell you, like, if you uh, pay attention to like the passport bro stuff, which these are these guys who are fed up with, uh, you know, modern day feminist American women, so they're just going overseas, mm-hmm. Thailand, Philippines, you know, Japan. Mm-hmm. You want my, one of my good friends? He's he's old enough to be my dad. This guy, he married a girl from uh, Thai, Thailand. And and she's awesome. Like she runs half of his business. She's so smart. She's like, and she's so happy to be here. And 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 she's just a a really awesome woman. But uh, what they're finding is that like you go to Japan, you go to Thailand, you go to the Philippines, and he's, you know, they're not woke. These women are traditional and they're smart. White men right off the bat because of something something college. Yeah, yeah. They're just you know, and uh, so so. uh, But the problem is, is our generations are, are are going downhill. Uh, and a lot of it's because of this nonsense with these schools. Well, this is from the Washington Examiner. It says Oregon removes writing, reading, and math mastery from high school graduation requirements. It so says, what's mastery? Mastering, well, writing, reading, proving, and math? Right. Pro- proving okay. proficiency. Proving, proving, okay. Exactly. It says the Oregon State Board of Education unanimously voted on Thursday. Oh, and I just wanted to say the reason they're going to give for it is a little racist. The Oregon uh, School Board or Board of Education is being a little racist here in what they're going to say. It says, um, they voted unanimously on Thursday to remove proof of mastery in reading, writing, and math in order to graduate from high school until 2029. And honestly, I'm going to be honest. I think that it's kind of if if you're going to have to have public school, if you're going to force people to be in public school, I think it's good to remove these things. Like, make it easier for people to get out of there. But since you're forcing people to pay for public school and it, it, it exists at all, it's kind of a bad thing in another way you look at it because, well, if people are paying for this because they believe it's going to make society better by people being educated, well, you're not doing that and people still have to pay for it. But I also think it's just good that people might be able to get out of school faster and actually go start doing something productive and... um. I just don't think the government should uh, force anyone to do anything, even if it's prove you can read. And it doesn't even matter, honestly, if they uh, if they have those tests or not, because they weren't passing in the first place. It was like less than 50 percent of the kids in Oregon in a 2017 uh, graduation year. Uh, less than 50 percent of them uh, proved to be proficient in mathematics and only 50 percent proved to be uh, 53% proved to be proficient in reading and writing. How are there 47% of your kids can't read or write in 12 years that they've been in school? You know what I mean? Yeah, really yeah. Bad. So what's the motive of, you know, removing these um, mastering, the, you know, these, these mastery requirements? Uh, so one of the things, if you ever want to look for a motive, if you're just like curious because you're like, why would they do this? Mm-hmm. Follow the dollars. So... The schools 
get paid based on and, and and this is speculation. I don't know that this is like how it actually works, but one of the ways they get their money is based on how many kids graduate. So they constantly oh, yeah. want to make and it easy attendance. to graduate. That's why they t- treat it like it's the worst sin when you're in school and you get called into the principal's office and your sp- your teacher is starting to say, so have you been skeeping? And I'm like, I don't know what you're saying. <laughs> and he's like, you you know what I'm saying. You've been skeeping. And I was like, I don't know what that is. Is that like the, a word for some kind of like crime, like some slang word? And he was saying skipping. Oh, wait, are you talking about sloughing or no, whatever? Oh, no, that's he a- was just had an accent and I sincerely didn't know what he was saying. Yeah. Anyways, it's, it's just like a silly story, but they treat it like... Worse than if they found out you were smoking crack on campus, as long as you're attending classes. Why? Because they get paid for every day that you're there. Same thing with DCYF. They get mm. paid by the federal government to do what these called assessments. And in our case, I said, I don't want DCYF doing an assessment. But the local police, the chief of police, he can do an assessment because because the guy's got like kids. And, you know, you know, I don't want some, you know, some some girl who had to you know, basically lower herself to becoming a social worker because there was no, because there wasn't work in, in gender studies, what she went to school for. That's like, you know, 20 something years old that doesn't have any kids. obese, no kids. And, you know, whatever, uh, um, you know, you know, doing an assessment. And I also don't want DCYF getting $6,000 out of the social security fund for doing this assessment. So I said in the best interest of justice, yeah, you know, I told the chief of police in town, I go, why don't you guys do it? And he's like, okay, cool, we'll do it. And then DCYF said we can't do it because they want the money. Yeah, they don't so, care about actually interviewing your kid and making sure it's okay. your kid's okay. They they care about checking their checklists that get yep. them funding. So attendance and graduation has a lot to do with how much funding the school gets. So this is why they keep on lowering lowering the bar, lowering the bar, and lowering the bar. And what it comes down to is accreditation and credibility. Mm-hmm. So like like the idea that you have a college diploma like 50 I mean high school diploma had some meaning, you know, 75 years ago. Hmm. When I graduated high school in 1998, I don't I never I don't even know where my diploma is. I never looked at. It. I don't care. True, I don't it's, know where mine is it, either. It, it's absolutely useless. I don't know where my valedictorian medal is either. And and the uh and and, and the thing is is like, you know, uh, what kids should be doing Young kids should be doing is they should be skill building like crazy. They should be stacking the skills, honing those skills, making those skills awesome. So, like, you know, it, there's no reason why if you have the opportunity, like, to learn how to be an auto mechanic and you're a 13-year-old right now or a 12-year-old and you just start, like, you know, basically um, apprenticing as a mechanic, for example, uh, the future for auto mechanics is going to be awesome i mean even right now if you're an auto mechanic you know you're you're worth 100 bucks an hour if you have all the tools in your own shop no problem you want to go work for like a ford dealership those guys are making 45 50 bucks an hour uh they're getting full benefits they're getting really good hours because like for example they're all so desperate any of these trucking companies car dealerships you know you work in nice beautiful heated air conditioning garages why are they more desperate now than normal normal all the mechanics are old hmm like I know, I, I have people a friend. People don't want to work. Like young hard. kids don't want to work. They're not interested in driving cars. Hmm. Like most of the city urban liberal types are just not interested in cars. And I feel like if you started letting kids, I used to think about this all the time as a kid. I was like, when I grow up, I'm definitely going to be in church still, and I want to run a, um, 
a youth group, but I want to let all the kids tell me what their special gifts are that they want to hone and like the artistic kids can do their art. That's like worshiping God. So in like a kid who is interested in mechanics, you could get them like funding to be able to go learn how to do that. I, I used to think about this all the time because I used to think it's just silly that I have to sit here and learn how to do math. And I, I don't know why I specifically thought about it during you. Well, it's just because worship, worshiping God is using your hands that spirits don't have, you know, to use things or sorry, to do an action in the world. Like whether it's like your gift is singing and that's what you love to do and that's what you want to learn to do. Um, I, I just think that kids have that interest and they're going to be 10 times more motivated to learn the thing that they want. And then as soon as you turn like 20, you suddenly have just like all this responsibility and other things that you kind of forget that you like when you're a kid, you loved trucks and you wanted to learn how to be a mechanic and like you just aren't going to be as good at yeah. learning. When kids are thirsty for whatever, mm-hmm. like my two-year-old son, you know, he loves, you know, just helping me work. Same thing with my, you know, daughter. They just love helping me do farm things. They want to work. They want to be with dad. They want to do whatever dad's doing. Yeah. They're thirsty for this stuff. You have to give them that drink. Mm-hmm. You got to let them have it. And, 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 it, and, it, and it builds, builds their, um, their creativity. It gives them desire. It ha- helps them feel good. Like these kids that spend their all of their formative years playing sports ball versus, you know, the farm kid who doesn't really play sports ball because he's more inst- interested in tractor pulls. So they got, you know, a lawnmower hmm. and the kid's like six years old and they take him to the county fair and they let him run the old lawnmower in the um, county fair and he gets a massive dopamine hit from it and he's so excited about it. So this kid's been playing with tractors and lawnmowers, working on He's probably on not getting concussions every five weeks. By the time he's you. 30 years old, his house is bought and paid for because he's a mechanic. Meanwhile, the guy who was playing sports ball thought he was going to get a scholarship, has a half a million dollars in you know, student loans, and is living with mom still. 603-283-6160. We have one more segment for tonight. You can call in with whatever's on your mind. It's Free Talk Live. It's 603-283-6160. More coming up. is the phone number for you to call 603-283-6160 and with you in the studio tonight it's me bonnie jay and elspeth and we're talking about this story from the washington examiner and we're just going to get right into it because we don't have any callers so that means if you have something on your mind just call right in you'll be the top of the list um the Article's title here is Oregon Removes Writing, Reading, and Math Mastery from High School Graduation Requirements. It says the board, the school board, who voted unanimously to do this, um, the board argued that requiring all students to pass one of several standardized tests or to create an in-depth assignment their teacher judged as meeting state standards was a harmful hurdle for students of color, disabled students, or those learning English as a second language. And that's the part I said is just racist. Like, why is it harder for students of color than white kids to uh, 
show that they're proficient in math, reading, and writing. Yeah, and I saw the same thing on a different article from a opb.org is just that they were embarrassed that uh non-caucasian kids were failing who was embarrassed the board uh just like the state of oregon so it's, it's definitely not a racist thing um it is not a race thing whatsoever what is it it's a cultural thing and the culture is what i call city urban liberal type <laughs> so if you start looking at like the actual demographics of what's going on here um, so if you, it's all city, it's really these concentrated big cities, mostly with Democrat left, leftist liberal type policies that are having this issue. It is also happening in, in a lot of other areas that don't quite, aren't quite so left because the department of education is like an octopus that just controls all of these little schools and big schools everywhere around. So whether you're in, you know, Podunk, New Hampshire, or you're in Manhattan, New York, is the same Department of Education that's sending all of this, you know, critical race theory, um, all these things to sort of, you know, crush the kids before they even like it, it like demoralizes them when you start saying, oh, um, you're going to be like there's a, 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 kids on college campuses everywhere are, are are quite literally like, well, black people should, you know, get money because, you know, because they were because their ancestors might have been a slave. And they can't make it in the world. Even like you'd be like, well, we can't have, um, you know, ID for uh, require people to have ID for voting because they say black people and some some of them say poor people can't go get IDs. Well, if they they have uh, an EBT card as an ID, <laughs> you know, now they're getting those. But the thing is, it's a cultural thing. And it's the culture of children being raised in these urban areas so if you're living in an urban area you're probably not getting your food from the farm if you're a mom pregnant with a kid you're probably uh you know you're, you're breathing in the worst air you're drinking city water working your water dust got fluoride chlorine all kinds of other crap and it. it probably comes from an above ground reservoir or river they got to do all this stuff to it uh then you have other elements such as you know a lot of these people are just buying the, you know the narratives they're t- getting all of the childhood vaccines or getting mm. the vaccines while they're pregnant uh the mom probably had a whole bunch of vaccines you know and all these toxins and heavy metals from you know and and plastics now oh man the plastics uh that you know moms are consuming uh because of the uber eats because of all everything in the food is processed with plastic all of your commercial pork has tons of microplastics in it because they basically literally take trash and feed it to these pigs in these big commercial hog facilities uh and you know they, they literally yeah just take all this like throwaway bread for example mm. it's in the plastic bags and they just cook it up hot and they're like oh yeah all plastic burns off and then they feed it Whoa. to the pigs and like this is all like approved stuff because they heat it up super hot but there's a whole bunch of microplastics in it and then all these people are using microwaves to cook all their you know microwavable food uh the the, the babies are are born they're given vaccines are being fed, formula yeah. fed formula like similac is basically coca-cola that's milk flavored yeah um yeah. in fact they gave us like a case of you know, like a, a $35 case of Similac when we were at the hospital and we're like, we don't want it. And they're like, oh, it doesn't matter. It's, you don't get charged for it. It's free. Oh so you know, we just um, dropped it off at a, uh, a food pantry. I actually wanted to throw it out. I didn't even want to feed it to my pigs. Hmm. And um, so the, uh, but even that stuff is all like, and, and the whole push that mom shouldn't breastfeed, the whole, you know, put your kid in daycare while you go out and work, you know, kind of thing, which is kind of happening to the uh, urban, you know, I mean, the more um, suburban type families. 
But definitely in a city, being born in a city and being raised in a city urban area and even a suburban area, like everything's just stacked against you. For your intelligence, immediately yeah. getting a hit is well, for important. your intelligence. So when you're born, you have all the intelligence you're going to get. Jordan Peterson explains this quite well. He's like, well, you can't really increase intelligence that much. You pretty much got all the intelligence you're going to get when you're born. But it's pretty easy to diminish uh, intelligence through malnutrition. And, you know, a big, you know, so malnutrition is your, you know, your, your 60 or 70 pound three year old that's fat and obese is at, in America is malnourished. If you mm-hmm. look at the malnourished people are fat in America. And it's because they're getting fed a whole bunch of empty calories and their body needs to make this fat to put all these toxins somewhere because yeah, bodies exactly. can't detox. There's all kinds of problems. And, so it's a cultural thing. So the IQs of the kids in the city are being destroyed by the city and, and by what happens in the city. And that's really the bottom line. I totally believe that. And I know what you're saying, but I'm mostly saying that the the school board is the ones being racist, saying like, oh, oh yes, they are. Yep. the statistics they're prob- looking at are probably based on what you're saying, that like people of color are more likely to be in an urban area, yep. and that's why the statistics look the way they do. But the school board is being racist in their response, like, well, since black people can't do well on tests, we're just going to drop tests instead of. You know, doing, I mean, not not that I would want the school board to be the one uh, trying to fix all these problems Jay is talking about, but they don't uh, like offer any actual solution. Instead, they just. The the, the bottom line solution is stop subsidizing poor people. Hmm. Because when you subsidize something, you create more of it. Right. You give people an incentive to stay poor. Um, But I'm going to go to your phone calls and thoughts. David in New Mexico, what's on your mind, David? Lots of stuff. Um, I don't, I don't ask Jay about horses, but I got a couple other things. Valedictorian, huh? That's cool. I yeah. was only number four in my class. There was rock. only eight people in my class, but I still I was valedictorian, so I get to say I didn't that. I care. <laughs> oh, and here, here I was trying to lie with statistics. There was only 46 people in my class, and I was number four. You pro- that probably is actually better than mine, even though I was valedictorian. I don't know. I can't do the math off the top of my head because I was valedictorian of eight people. <laughs> What, the valedictorian can't do radio math? Yeah. Come on now. Try harder. In the math class that I took last, like my senior year of high school and also the last semester of 11th grade, um, they let us take tests in groups and like you could easily use your phone and cheat. You could use calculator. I didn't even have a math teacher in my 11th grade year. Yeah, because they fired that teacher. Yeah, so I failed and had to take accounting, which I was actually pretty good at, but. Yeah, we're sisters. You guys, yeah, cool. <laughs> and um, uh, when when I was when I was in that high school where I graduated fourth out of forty six, um, you were talking about earlier the money that they, that they get for attendance. And my principal actually confronted me about I, I was in um, uh, I was a senior, now seventeen, then eighteen, and I would take off for anywhere from one day to a whole week of high school. To I would either drive uh, one hundred and fifty miles if I got if uh, up to the city. St. Paul, Minneapolis, to the University of Minnesota, if I had to do, uh, uh, you know, actually go to classes, or if I just had to take a test for the day, I would get in my airplane, 17 years old, and I would fly myself 150 miles up, take the test, and come back. But I still missed a day of high school, and the principal confronted me because he was mad because they were missing out on the revenue that they would have gotten if if I had attended. Exactly, and they get way more mad about that. Seriously, more mad than if they found out you got in a fight or were doing drugs on property. Seriously. So, yeah, I never got called in the principal's office one time, except 
because I was skipping class to go to college. I'm, I'm also just a little shocked right now. You're from Minneapolis, David? I thought you were from New yeah, Mexico. Yeah, Minneapolis. It's like Indianapolis, only it's Minneapolis. Minneapolis, Minnesota. I was Minneapolis. <laughs> huh? I thought it was Minneapolis. Yeah. No, no, no. It's, well, yeah, mini, you don't have to. You can use the D or don't use the D. Either way, it's your option. It's either Minneapolis or Mindianapolis. Your okay. choice. Well, I'm just shocked. Like, you have a voice. Like, you sound like you're from New Mexico to me. You have this, like, accent. That's because that's that's I'm, I'm a good mimic, and I've lived here uh, <laughs> a long time, and I'm really good at uh, imitating all of the, uh, the, 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 the uh, low-functioning individuals that live here in New Mexico. I imitate them really well. Well, thanks so much for your call, David. It's a pretty uh, interesting story. Um, just kind of backing up what I was saying about how they go way freaking crazy if you start skipping school, not because they care about your education or anything, or else they wouldn't be so mean to you about it. They care because you are not in school, and that takes away from the money they get paid. That's why when I was skipping classes and got taken into the vice principal's office and he was saying i heard you've been skeeping and i didn't know what the heck he meant and then i obviously figured out what he meant they didn't you know extra teach me to make up for the classes i skipped no they put me in iss in school suspension where i was technically checking a box that i was there but learning nothing and sitting in silence all day and i mean like if you're in uh like a private school do they care as much about i don't know Never like you skipping school. and stuff like that, because that's the main reason that I even brought up the Oregon thing is just because don't send your kids to public schools because they come out stupid. Yeah. Only a fool would allow their enemy to educate their children. Maybe some people don't think the government is their enemy, Jay. Well, okay. <laughs> they um, think the government is the one who's giving them money. I can tell you 100% of uh, pretty much every teacher's union, all 100% of the members vote and or, or, or donate and support the Democratic Party. So what kind of people are donating diabolically evil people, donating to diabolically evil people like Nancy Pelosi, like Chuck Schumer, like the Biden crime family, like the Clinton crime family, you know, like these people like, you know, can you can you call Bernie Sanders diabolically evil? Nah, not really. I mean, he's like, you know, at best, he is ignorantly evil. Hmm. Uh, but, you know, these other guys are diabolically evil people. If you look at their particular, you know, record and what they've done and, you know, all the things that they're into. And <clears throat> so the and, and the Democrat Party has just become so uh, unhinged and off the wall. And they don't have principles anymore. I remember just now what I was going to say, like an hour, two and a half hours ago at this point, um, when I said, oh, I had something to say about that, but I forgot. I remember what it is. It was um, you said that there was riots out front of out in front of the DNC for pro-Palestinian uh, protesters. And I was just going to say the thing about Democrats is none of them have any actual principles. Like if you're or committing wisdom, violence, they lack wisdom, too. Right. If you're committing violence against people because you're on the side of Palestinians and you're against the violence that is happening there, that makes no freaking sense. It makes sense to protest peacefully if you are upset about the violence happening in Gaza. Absolutely. But it makes no sense. You have no principles and you're not an intelligent person if you're protesting and hurting people in favor of peace in Palestine. It makes no sense. And that's what all basically Democrats are because they went from being the anti-war wing of the same bird to the pro-war pro war when it um, benefits them wing. 
Well, and, and, and it's what the algorithm tells them. But a, a real funny thing is if you ever go to like a leftist type protest and you start asking these guys what they're actually protesting, they can't explain it to you. Have you ever seen um, in Derek J's victimless crime spree where he goes and asks a protester what he's protesting about and his teacher who like started the protest walks up and says, we're not talking about we're doing a silent protest. And oh, when yeah. he wanted to answer, he, the guy started to answer Derek J and then his uh, his teacher walks up and says, nope, sorry, he, he he's not going to speak to you anymore. And he was like, he just started, he fell in line. He was like, we're doing a silent protest like a NPC. Yes. Yeah. So but if you go to like any of these like anti-mask, anti-vaccine, anti-mandate, you know, um, like what they were called right wing, but it's, it's not right or left wing because I there's a, there are so many people that got converted from dem- from leftists to libertarians and from right wingers to libertarians because of the scamdemic here. But you go to like a like a, um, <clears throat> you know, an anti-mandate rally. And everybody can tell you exactly what they're protesting, what's going on. They understand the stuff. Yeah. You go to any of these lefty rallies, they don't know what's going on. They're just a bunch of drones following in line. And they think they're line. cool to be there. Like, I, yeah, yeah, like I saw this one uh, Ben Shapiro thing on TikTok, and it was uh, he was at this college, and he was speaking, and this girl came up to the mic, and she was supposed to ask a question. And all she said was, from the river to the sea, and then put the mic, mic down, drop. and then, yeah, and then walked away. And everybody was like, whoa, great job. And then he was like, wait, what river? And she was like, I don't know. Oh, my gosh, that's yeah, hilarious. Yeah, yeah. It, yeah it, that, that exactly proves it. <clears throat> there was a, a Trump thing, uh, 2019, I guess, in Manchester. I was I'd, uh, just moving out of Manchester, so I went down to this Trump rally, and there was these anti-Trumpers, and so I started talking to them, and... Uh, they were like, um, th- and and so one guy, you know, I'm carrying my sidearm, and <clears throat> the uh, one guy's like, "Oh, you know, guns are bad, blah blah blah." And so I'm so, so I'm talking, so I'm talking some sense into these guys, and I said, and they're like, they're like, they're like, is that an automatic uh, gun? And I'm like, well, it's semi-automatic. Each time you pull the trigger, it fires around after you charge it. And he's like. They did, did, did they have semi they didn't have automatic weapons when they wrote the constitution i said they didn't have email fax um you know photocopiers when they wrote the constitution they didn't have bitcoin when they wrote the right. money uh, transmission laws <laughs> and, <laughs> yeah so so anyways and so a whole bunch of these guys were like oh that's a good point that they didn't have copiers and you know photocopiers for example and printers uh, when they wrote the Constitution, so does that mean that those aren't included in you know freedom of speech? So as soon as, and so these guys all start listening to me. There's like eight mm. of them. These two big dudes, big black guys, were like intimidation muscle. They come over and they're wearing these like whatever group they're with shirt, and they start like getting between me and these other guys. I go, hey, what's up with these thugs here trying to intimidate me? And uh, I says, guys, I got to walk away because uh, I don't start fights with, um, you know, with uh, people who are, you know, agent provocateurs. Hmm. And, you know, so I just walked away and I actually videotaped a whole bunch of that. But nobody I went and talked to like 25 people that were protesting Trump and not a single one of them could tell me anything uh, that was actually like what they were what their stance was. They, they were literally just there. Another time when in 2012, I was in Manchester on a horse. And a guy comes up to me holding a Romney sign. He goes, what do they pay you to come here with a horse? He's like, I got horses. We got horses back home. I'm like, 
Uh, uh, and I'm like, nothing. We just came here on our own. He's like, what wow. What does he mean? He thought the government was paying you to be on a horse? No, he thought Ron Paul campaign was paying us because the Romney oh. campaign was paid him and all his buddies, and they were busting him up from uh, Boston College, and they paid him with... Um, like um, hundred dollars. Oh, they paid him with gift cards. So he just assumed yep. you were also doing. Yeah, that. yeah. He's like, well, yeah. What's it pay to do to do this with the horse? How much you getting paid? <laughs> and he didn't even know who Ron Paul was. He well. just, you just want, you know, is Ron Paul paying you? Is Ron Paul campaign? He's like, yeah, Romney's paying us. And so these guys all start telling us how we're getting paid by the Romney campaign to come here and do this. And I'm like, I, I'm like. And my, and my friend uh, Dave, who was with me, goes, ah, isn't that illegal? And um, he goes, I don't know. They just give us a gift card at the end of the day. For yeah. um, It was like a gift card for 100 bucks to Applebee's. He goes, yeah, we just get to pick whatever <laughs> gift card we want. He's like, you know, he goes, I, a couple weeks ago, I got an Applebee's gift card. I don't know what I'm going to get today, but you just pick whatever we want. That's so funny. Um, I feel like the same thing was happening um, during the protests where Joa got arrested in August 2022. There were a bunch of people who were there who were pro Don Bullduck. And half of them seemed a little questionable, like they were just repeating the same slogan over again, over and over again, didn't really care. But a lot of them seemed to really care. They uh, would argue with you. They had, and I'm not saying that, and uh, Jay is not saying, oh, Trump and the Republicans are like really good. We're not saying that. We're just saying that it's an interesting thing you can point out. The Republicans uh, ones, usually they, they know what they believe at least, and they actually believe something. And then the... Um, Democrat side, they obviously don't care at all. They're there just to be in a picture holding a sign that says Maggie Hassan and screaming her name, then walk away as soon, soon as it's over because they're getting paid a gift card or something. And I mean, like, uh, back in, like, the Kanye days when everybody was like, oh, Kanye's so, like, anti-Semitic. If you would have said something like that one girl said in those days, you would have been a bigot, but now you're, like, a hero for saying that. Hmm. Kanye, I remember in 2001, he dropped an album that was called College Dropout. Mm -hmm. And if you listen to that, which I actually bought it because, uh, you know, I you know just heard some about but basically it was all about basically college is a scam. Yeah. <laughs> it's all a scam. Yeah, that's a good so, album. Yeah. Um, so, Jay, you wanted to tell us about before the end of the show, you wanted to tell us about your code for Anarchapulco? So, yes, Anarchapulco um, is happening uh, February 11th through 16th in Acapulco. Uh, the hotels and the uh, secret garden and the place that all of it's happening at is they are saying that they are going to be all ready by Christmas nice. to be open because Christmas is a huge deal for uh, Mexican culture. Mm -hmm. And a lot of a lot of Mexicans from all over Mexico go to Acapulco. It's a big time Christmas thing. Nice. So they're going to be all set for that. So and that's February 11th through 16th. You should come to uh, it's uh, Anarchapulco Reborn. There's going to be a whole bunch of speakers there. Go on the website, Anarchapulco.com. And if you click on tickets and you use a promo coupon J, that's J-A-Y, you will receive 10% off your Anarchapulco uh, ticket. Uh, me and my family will be there. You better meet, meet me, my wife, my kids. Uh, actually, a whole bunch of people from New Hampshire are going down. There might even be a convoy, from what I understand. Nice. And, You're going to uh, drive? No, no, I am, oh. I'm, I'm not driving. Um, we're going to fly. Uh, oh, okay. I'm not driving with, with two kids 3,800 3, 3, miles or whatever yeah. it is. So anyways... Um, and I'm going to be uh, talking about investing in our posterity, and I am hopefully, we haven't nailed this down yet, but hopefully I'm going to be doing an actual blacksmithing uh, workshop. Um, that is the only thing I haven't gotten, because I haven't able been, been able to talk to the guy where we were going to possibly do that, who had some of the equipment since this um, hurricane. hurricane that they had down there. But anyways, and then there's another event that's being 
basically put on. It's kind of like Fork Fest, but it's called Agroforco, and that is the 16th through the 25th. And I think uh, I'm pretty sure sure that we're going to be there for that also, which is going to be more of like hanging out, getting to know people, not quite so busy. There's going to be a bunch of decentralized things happening, and hopefully Agroforco is where. Uh, we get I get to do a bunch more of the uh, blacksmithing with people uh, because I really, really want uh, people who come there, especially with kids, even adults, to just experience it. If you never, you know, if you never manipulated steel before with a hammer, it's just a lot of fun and everybody should do that. Interesting. Well, thanks so much for sharing that. I'm going to finish off the story that we had started here. It says about uh, Oregon dropping their requirement for people to actually learn anything to be in school. Um, Vicky Lopez Sanchez said, um, we haven't suspended any sort of assessments. The only thing we are suspending is the inappropriate use of how those assessments were being used. I think that is really the best interest of Oregon students. It says, opponents of the new order argued that removing the requirement devalues an Oregon diploma. The opponents argued that helping students with low academic skills through extra instruction in writing and math has helped them. However, supporters claim that forcing students to spend extra time on schoolwork eliminates their opportunity to take an elective and does not translate to how they perform after graduation. We are (laughs) unable to ethically make a different decision at this point. It also is unethical for us to continue to require this when we know it can continue to cause harm and has no change in how students are performing. I just feel like this is all such a, um, it's all such a cop out. Like they don't want to have to do any better. So they're, they're really trying to sound like kind of like stuff we've been saying tonight, like the kids would be better off doing things they're interested in. But no, I, I really don't think that that's the same thing as taking a theater class in your stupid public school um, that sucks and isn't even as good as, you know, somebody who went and joined the theater in their hometown, you know, and was making money doing it. And I mean, like, the only reason you're in that theater class is because your friends are in it. Yeah, no one actually... I mean, not no one, but I feel like people don't actually learn extremely good skills in public school anymore, and these people are just making up uh, an excuse to get rid of these tests because it somehow the, benefits them. The powers to be don't want people with skills because skilled people, people who have skills and competence, they get this other thing called, uh, uh, and confidence. They have an, another thing called competence. Hmm. And competent people don't need government. Right. They don't need to be told what to do. They can lead their own way. They can blaze their own path and they can thrive. They can survive but when you the dumb them down and remove their confidence, you get what we have here now. Lowering the bar lowering the bar, the dumbing down of the American people. Yeah, they're like, we don't really need you to be really good at math and all that stuff in order to, um, you know, fill out your form that gives you welfare. Yeah, we don't need you to be uh, intelligent at all. We don't need you to be able to think for yourself. We just need you to be able to take orders when we send you to Russia and Ukraine. And like Jay was saying, basically, if you think for yourself you may end up realizing you don't need them you don't need the government in order to survive you don't need government in order to work with your neighbors and friends and family to make a living for yourself it's free talk live you can go to freetalklive.com to learn more we'll see you again tomorrow peace taxation is theft want to move to the free state and you're looking for some real estate well i know a guy who's really great 
It's the Realtor Mark Warden. Now you can learn more about the awesome things happening here in New Hampshire in our march toward liberty in our lifetime. Our friends at Porcupine Real Estate are hosting a series of webinars to educate you on the expanded freedoms enjoyed by New Hampshire citizens. Reserve your seat today at move.freetalklive.com. Topics include gun freedom, medical freedom, and political freedom victories. They also have a couple on best practices for moving to the free state and finding housing. These webinars are super helpful and free to attend once you've registered at move.freetalklive.com. Visit their YouTube channel, Porcupine Real Estate, for videos from past presentations and sign up for upcoming webinars for free at move.freetalklive.com. Porcupineralestate.com